What's up, everybody, and welcome to the third episode of That's Fair with Josh and Marcus. I am your host, the Bebop Man himself, Josh McMullen, and I am joined by my co-host, as always, one Marcus Davis. I am Limelight. What Blue is... Foot, five mics. What, what does that even mean? It's Kanye from uh, uh, Two Words. Off of, two Words. Uh, off College Dropout? Yeah. Oh, okay. And Most Death. And is that the one that's got the Michael sample? The J- Michael Jackson sample? This is the one with the choir in the back. Yeah. That's the one I think I'm thinking about. It's like later on the album, right? Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like that song a lot. That album's really good. That album's great. Yeah. That's well, just great. Where, wow. where do you think it falls in his catalog? Like, I think that his best album, from production-wise, everything, is My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Yeah, I agree. I think, like, that made it, that, like, that magnus opus for him. Before that album came out, College Dropout probably was his best album. And that's saying a lot because everything he dropped after that has some sort of greatness to it. Yeah. I think that one thing about people who drop a lot of albums, that first album tend to be the best just because it brings out a lot of things that they felt before they were famous. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like John Mayer, his first album. Even though Continuum is great. Continuum's fantastic. And that I could, you could argue which one is better, but it's something about Room for Squares that is awesome. Yeah, Room for Squares is his best album, I think. I'm trying to think who else came out with another album. But yeah, to me, College Dropout probably would be, I think, okay. all around second. You know, there were some things I can have done without, like those fucking interlude, interludes. Yeah, I don't like the skits in his stuff. No. They're all right in some, like, albums, but... For him, it was... Yeah. Like, I understood it, but it kind of took away from me for the music. Yeah. That's one of the things... Like, I I really like Late Registration a lot. I think that's, oh, like, the, top tier. Those those three, that, College Dropout, Late Registration, and... Graduation? Graduation. They all are yeah. nines, at least. Yeah, at least, yeah. You know, at least nines. I, I would honestly argue that everything up through My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy is probably at least a nine. I didn't care for 808s and Heartbreaks. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Like, I don't think it was horrible. Yeah. And I I wasn't really pissy about him going that direction, because I think The Love Below is excellent. Yeah. But I just wasn't feeling it. And then he started this damn emo shit with that damn album. Yeah. Just think about it. Nobody mm-hmm. was really doing hip-hop emo until then. Yeah, so that's good fair. Good job, Kanye. Yeah, I don't. I don't really care for anything after My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy either. Live of Pablo, I think, is garbage, oh, I personally. I don't think so at all. I think Life Life of Pablo, the problem with Life of Pablo is that it's Kanye after all this shit had gone down. Okay, yeah. Um, I think he has great beats on it. I just think that it came out after the situation. Yeah. He had one line, one verse that I just thought, damn, this beat is sick. But you just came out and said something that was just so Kanye. And I can't, <laughs> we can't even take this damn song seriously. Mm-hmm. And then he came out with Jesus. Uh, Jesus was, uh, I think, before Life of Pablo. And I, I don't like it at all. I, you know, Yeezus was the only one that I can say that I didn't, like, dislike. Like, 808s and Heartbreak. Like, yeah. I, I won't say I disliked it, but it was my least favorite. But I felt like he was trying to do too much. Hmm. Um, I think he was trying to make that comeback too much. And he was trying to put his genius on things, and it just was... Uh, yeah. But nothing to me, to me, nothing he's put out has been garbage. Nothing he's put out has been garbage. Some stuff was either more box did a damn good thing on him. And they talked about how he changed the way music is viewed as far as how he structured it. No, oh, I agree. Um, how they broke it down, I never even thought about it. But it was a good uh, video about that. But yeah, nothing he's put out has been garbage. It's just when you put out greatness initially, everything's going to be compared to that. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, well, cool, man. So what you what you been watching, listening to, you know, whatever? I listen to Igor. Igor by Tyler the Creator. Oh, okay, that shit is fire. <laughs> that shit is fire. I didn't even like if you never told me who it was, I would never have guessed it was him. Never, never, never really? guess. Never guess it was him. There's some songs that kind of sound like him, but no, it's a different album than what he's put out before. It's not just like a rap album. Yeah. Um, it reminds you of like, a, not particularly a love below, but it puts you in that atmosphere of music where mm-hmm. it's beats, um, music, some rap, some non-rap. I think it's one of the best albums so far this year. Damn. Honestly, I think Ego is that damn good. And then I've been watching, we started from the beginning of Party Down. Uh, Party Down so funny. That shit is so funny. We're on season two now. So, and it was funny because I had watched a few of the episodes of season one in not in chronological order. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, this is funny. This is funny. And then Nikki said, oh, that's season two. Oh, damn, it was a season two. So we started watching season two. So we unlock episode two now of it. But it's just so point now, man, where you know, you've been, you watched so much. Like I watched, I'm trying to think if, if I've seen any new movies other than the bright burn it's just you know you see so much and time trying to listen to albums it's it's different than like watching movies because you know like if there's a part of a movie you don't like you can't just skip it yeah because you may yeah. miss something mm-hmm. you know if there's a song you don't like all right i can kind of skip this but then there's so many songs and so many albums that drop mm-hmm. you have so little time trying to you know listen listen to stuff like today um i was watching i mean i was looking to see who came out and one of the people that came out today was like the chain smokers uh, i don't like them very much man it's whatever but they had like a five song ep that came out mm-hmm. and then you had a song with tory lane's quavo and tiger and then you had the ex ambassadors come out then trippy red came out and then katie perry came out with a song so there's just so much to listen to except john stevens came out with something oh really yeah he okay. came out with a new album well actually a four ep okay song ep so you know, money bag, yo, I listened to that earlier. You know, you have a lot of, um, oh, Freddie Gibbs and Mad Lib. So once you start going through, especially since we listen to all genres of music in general, mm-hmm. you know, I'll say, oh, let me listen to this. And then I'll see, oh, let me listen to that. Mark Ronson has a song with Camelia Cabello. Cabello. So music is a lot different. Because I think I appreciate music more than I appreciate movies just because you can put so much in three minutes, in mm-hmm. four minutes, yeah. that can tell a story that you will watch for two hours. And sometimes, you know, you know, you know me, I'll listen to an album over and over again, you know, a song over and over again, if I like it a lot, but it's just so much to go through. And, you know, just like the this, this stuff that you were telling me about, man, like we talked about when we left, when, you know, we finished the podcast mm-hmm. last week, man, you hit me on so many groups that I would never have thought about. Oh, yeah. I would never have to think about Kings of Leon. Yeah. So, you know, they were in the, um, Disturbia. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Disturbia yeah. soundtrack. Never guessed that. Never guessed that. And then listen to the album. Oh, I need to listen to more of this group. But music is so much. It's just so much to listen to. So much to digest. And yeah. Anyway, but yeah. Party Down. Listen to Igor. I think that's... That Igor is what's up. Like, Igor is what's up. It really... And, I, you know, I'll tell you somebody else's album who I was really impressed with. People don't believe it. Jada Smith. Yeah, I don't believe you. <laughs> oh, my God. That For real? album, man. That yeah. album was nice. I'll check it out. Yeah, I was looking at my my uh, release today thing, and Apex Manor put out an album, and they haven't released an album since 2011. Oh wow! So that's that's cool. I'm gonna listen to that tonight. Yeah, I, I do. I don't. 
I'm so busy working on so many different things and then doing actual work that I don't get the time to sit down and listen or watch things the way that I'd like to. But I think we're I think we're gonna go see Book Smart tonight. Okay. So uh, Kayla's already seen it and she said it's really she said it's really good. But I think we're gonna go see that and that'll be like the first movie I think I've seen in theaters since Endgame. So I mean, don't make it seem like it was <laughs> that long ago, but you know, I guess uh, it's point. almost a month, right? Okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Endgame. No, it was only three weeks ago, wasn't it? Even still, that's, I mean, like the last time I actually, actually had gone to the movie, like mm. actually, actually gone to the movie, I think the last thing I seen was Spider-Man to Spider-Verse with the kids. Yeah, that, that's, I mean, I saw, let's see, I saw Endgame and I saw Spider-Verse, but before that, I, dude, I couldn't tell you the last movie I saw, maybe Justice League. Oh my God. Yeah. Dude, I don't, there's just so much, but. Yeah, I'm gonna go check out uh, they check got out good that movie. Reviews. They got really good reviews. Book uh, yeah, yeah, I saw that. I'm also looking at this damn. Uh, have you seen Sorry to Bother You? Oh, with um, old boy from uh, ATL. Yeah, not yeah. yet. It's really good, and I was just looking through the new releases, and apparently the original score just dropped, but that movie was released last year. So it that's just weird. Dropped? Yeah, the or it, according to iTunes it says the uh, you know original score. Yeah, I know. I mean, I want you guys to mess with Apple if you have it and listen to this podcast, but me personally, I don't mess with Apple. But what do you say we get into the news? Let's do that. All right. So I have, I almost, I edited one more in, but I almost had 11 again. So that was fun. But we have 12 on the list. So number one. James Gunn, the controversial filmmaker behind such films as Slither, Super, and Guardians of the Galaxy, is currently working on a sequel to the 2016 film Suicide Squad, and it looks like he will be bringing back several actors, perhaps most notably Joel Kinnaman. In an Instagram post, Kinnaman revealed that he was prepping for, quote, the squad, end quote. Information about the movie had been fairly hard to come by until the last couple of weeks. The Suicide Squad was originally thought to host an entirely new cast of characters, but appears that that will not be the case, with not only Kinnaman returning, but Mario Robbie, Jai Courtney, and Viola Davis all set to return as well. New characters are set to join the film alongside Rick Flagg, Harley Quinn, Amanda Waller, and Captain Boomerang, including an as-of-yet-unknown character set to be portrayed by Idris Elba. The film is currently set for a summer 2021 release. So, that's interesting. You know, I hate it when people who are like, this dude is only, he's 23 days younger than me. Like, literally. Joel Kinnaman? Yes. Mm. And when I see people like that, I'm like, damn, you're doing so much better than me in life. You're so much close to me in age. And you know he's Swedish. Yeah, yeah. You know, I didn't realize he was RoboCop. Oh, for real? You didn't? No. Mm-hmm. Oh. I didn't realize he was RoboCop. Did you see it? I saw some of it. Oh, okay. When he was RoboCop. It's, meh, it's fine. When I first seen him, it was on House of Cards. Oh, for real? Mm-hmm. That's see, the first time I seen him. I remember watching him on The Killing because I was, I loved that first season of that show. He was on the kill. See, I didn't get to watch the killer. Yeah, the first season's really good. I didn't like the second season as much. And then uh, when it got brought over to Netflix, it got a little bit better. But the second season of that show killed it for me. So, But I thought that this was interesting for a number of reasons. Because it was supposed to be an entirely new cast of characters. Margot Robbie was supposed to get her own Harley Quinn spinoff movie. Which they're still doing. Which, yeah, which they're still doing. And then... Birds um, of Prey. Yeah, I think that's what it was called. So, and I like Joel Kinnaman. I like Joel Kinnaman. I like the part he played in that horrible movie that they did. I don't like Suicide Squad. No, it's awful. Like, I think the beginning, like, the first half when they introduced the characters was good. And after that, that shit went downhill. You know, I'll, I'll say this. 
So as far as the Idris Elba part, they didn't want to disrespect Will Smith. So that's why they bring him in for that character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so like you said, they are bringing this, him as someone else. And Will Smith's not coming back, right? No. Yeah. But I think they may have plans for him later. Mm. Just because of that whole, we didn't want to disrespect him thing, they said. You know, to be honest with you, it's something about bad guys that gets us. Mm-hmm. Or, or those anti-heroes that gets us. Because until Wonder Woman came out, that was the highest grossing DC movie. Yeah. Like, hands down. Yeah. And now I think it's third because Aquaman came out. Yeah, and Aquaman's supposedly really good. It was all right. Like mm-hmm. I said, I like I liked it, but I will never watch it again. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't... I don't know, DC doesn't do it for me. DC no, doesn't yeah, do it for me. Yeah, not at all. Ever since Christopher Nolan left as a director. Because, you know, he was he, yeah, he helped produce yeah, Man of Steel. I, I don't think Man of Steel was bad. But you know how I feel about Superman. Like, it's hard. You can't really beat him. And then you have to make up reasons to how to beat him. Mm. I don't know. It just, I just feel some type of way about that. I thought Wonder Woman was so far the best one out of the ones of this yeah. series. Yeah. Man, I've I heard actually, Shazam's actually even better. You know like, what? it's a lot of fun. It is fun. It's on, not on the same level, though, as mm. those. Yeah. I don't know why they expected this one to. They're kind of pissy because this is the least grossing one of all the DC movies. Oh, for real? But it's the highest... The second highest rated one. I liked it. I liked Shazam, but it was. But I had to go on Shazam thinking have a whole different thought process. Now, the only thing that's gonna, I'm going to say about Suicide Squad is that you know we make it seem like the first one was done by somebody that was garbage. Hell, David Ayer did it. Yeah. Well, I think he's a he's a better writer than he is. Yes, a director. I agree. I agree because the movies he's written are pretty. Damn fucking good. good. Yeah. But his direction leaves a little bit to be desired, I think. The George Lucas problem? Yeah. Yeah. And I think James Gunn is going to be a great addition to this. Yeah. And that's going to be the only reason why any of us are really going to watch it. Yeah, because, I agree. Because, you know, he's involved. Mm-hmm. He, he's involved. Um, that's the only reason I think I'm going to watch it. But long story short, I'm glad that they are bringing him back, Kenneman back. I mm-hmm. like him as an actor. I'm a like James Gunn. Hopefully this works out. Yeah, agreed. Because this has been horrible for the last few years. Number two. Shooting has officially begun for the next Edgar Wright film, Last Night in Soho. Word comes by way of Entertainment Weekly that the production is underway. Last Night in Soho was the first film from Edgar Wright since the 2017 thriller Baby Driver, which was Wright's most successful movie to date, grossing roughly $107 million at the box office. Wright is known for his ice cream trilogy of Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and The World's End, as well as the adaptation of Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. The movie is set to star, I I hate saying it, but The Witch, even though it's two V's, whatever, and Split star Anya Taylor-Joy, and Doctor Who's 11th Doctor Matt Smith. The movie is said to be a psychological thriller inspired by the likes of 1973's Don't Look Now and 1965's Repulsion. No release date is currently available. I'm excited about this movie. I like Edgar Wright a lot. I like him a lot. I really like the idea that he's going to do a full-on horror movie because most of his movies are really comedies. Mm-hmm. At, at their heart, uh, with the exception of, of Baby Driver, obviously. But even that was kind of a like, comedy. Yeah. Like a drama it, comedy. Yeah, agreed. So, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm super excited about this. And I really like the girl, Anya Taylor-Joy. She was really fantastic in The Witch. She's blotted me. Like, I don't... Oh, really? I mean, I don't dislike her. I don't mm-hmm. know, whatever. No, she was in Split and she was in... She was in something else, but I don't the remember. The next one. Uh, oh, Glass. Glass. Yeah. Bit Glass, The Witch. She's supposed to be in The New Mutants. Mm-hmm. 
So, I mean, she's whatever. I just like Edgar Wright. I don't yeah. think anything he's done has been bad. I do think that Baby Driver, to me, like I liked it. I don't like it as much as everyone else did. Yeah. Um, I thought it was. I thought it was good, but uh, this movie is awesome. Oh, I, I think it's cool. I really like Jamie Foxx in it. Mm-hmm. I really liked. Um, I really liked the acting. Yeah. Jack yeah. Cameron Spacey, Jack, um, or Fox, him. I just didn't get. I. I guess I had gone into it thinking that this was going to be one of the best movies of the year, like everybody was telling yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. And I thought it was good. I mean, it's a solid eight. Like, it was mm-hmm. it was good. But I wish he had done Ant-Man. I yeah, wish I he do had too. done Ant-Man. I do, too. But have you ever seen Don't Look Now? Yeah, that's with Donald Sutherland and I forget the actress's name. Julie Christie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I liked it a lot. Yeah, um, that one was I haven't seen Repulsion, though. I don't know what it's about. But, yeah, Don't Look Now, I really enjoy. And to for it to be na- listed in, like, the same name as that is pretty cool to me. Number three, in other horror-related news, Paramount Pictures and Universal Pictures have set release dates for two of their big productions. Paramount's sequel to the 2018 thriller A Quiet Place is now set for a May 15, 2020 release, and Universal's reboot of The Invisible Man is set to release March 13, 2020. A Quiet Place 2 is set to bring back the principal cast of the first film, while also bringing in 28 Dater... Damn, dude. <laughs> 28 Days Later alum Killian Murphy. Writer-director John Krasinski, originally thought to only be writing the sequel, will also return to direct. The Invisible Man is set to star Elizabeth Moth and Storm Reed, and it will be written and directed by horror mainstay Lee Whannell. So, that's pretty cool. I like A Quiet Place a lot. It was, like, top two or three favorite movies of mine from last year. The only problem is I don't want to see a sequel to it, like, at all. I'm excited about The Invisible Man, though. I love Lee Whannell. Like, all of his movies. Saw, well, he didn't really direct Saw 1, but he wrote it. And then he wrote, I think he wrote the first three Saws. And then they did, he and James Wan did Insidious together. They did The Conjuring together. And then he wrote and directed Insidious 3 and Upgrade. And Upgrade's fucking awesome, dude. I really like that movie. Um, I've seen most of Upgrade. Upgrade was pretty good. Upgrade was pretty good. I like him. I've liked him since Saw. I think that A Quiet Place was good. Once again, I felt I felt like I like this movie, but I don't like it like everybody else likes it. Yeah. Like okay. I, I like I like it like I gave it an 8. I yeah. think it's good, but I guess I was going into it thinking oh, that this is going to be just much better than let me now I won't say much better than it was, but being more I don't know what I was thinking. I just yeah. thought whatever I thought I didn't see. I didn't see a whole lot of the hype going into it. I saw a lot of that stuff after I saw it, but the only real thing that I remember seeing about that trailer that had me excited, or that movie, was the original trailer. I had seen it, and then I hadn't seen anything else. I was like, fuck yeah, I want to see this. Yeah, I felt the same way about the trailer. I said, I really want to see this. It's kind of like Get Out. Mm -hmm. When I saw the trailer, I said, oh damn, I want to see this. And when I had seen it, I I think what bugs me is that when people overhype people oh things. yeah i agree like they really overhyped to me emily blunt like you know it said they said that this was like an oscar nominated performance oh perform- yeah performance. In, in uh quiet place yeah i thought you were in my head i thought you were talking about the exorcism of emily rose and i was like that movie's fucking awesome what's wrong with you but yeah um and i no, thought she did you. good yeah she's fine but i, I don't know I, i'm glad the movie had done well because i really liked them as yes a couple. Uh, i really yeah. liked them but I do want to see where they're going to go, especially since we know what happened mm-hmm. towards the end of, of the yeah, first one. Yeah, 
The Invisible Man. This is what I'm going to say about that. So some of the movies that Lee does are, huh, they're better than other horror movies. Yeah, but that's not saying much. <laughs> but it means that at least you know they can do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. That, that's that's more of um, what that means to me. And The Visible Man is not an original concept, so you really can't fuck this up. Yeah. You, like, you can fuck it up, but you shouldn't mess it up for the simple fact that you already know what the story is. Yeah. So if you change it up a little bit, so be it. You know, mm-hmm. so be it. But, dude, he only did, he only directed four movies. Lee Winnell? He directed Insidious Chapter 3. Mm-hmm. Upgrade. Yep. He'll do Invisible Man. And then it's supposedly, supposedly, he's going to do a remake of Escape from New York. Oh, that'd be cool. That I've, be I've been waiting cool. for them to remake those movies for a while. But I mean, I don't want them to remake them. But, like, I'm like, if there's properties that are available, I, I definitely see someone remaking that. I, I wouldn't mind them remaking things from, like, 1980 or, like, 1981 or 77, you know. Yeah. There's certain movies I feel that right now with technology in a way that they can do CGI, it would make... But the problem is, is that a lot of times when they redo movies, same thing with Invisible Man. Remember when they had done it with uh, Cameron Bacon? Yeah, they yeah. They called it uh, something else. Um, um, uh, yeah, but I know. Hollow Man. Hollow Man. Uh, uh. So when you, when you have the opportunity to make something better because... You know, technology's better. People seem to write better, you would think. Mm, yeah. Um, you have these high-profile names in there. You would think it should be good. And I don't know what happens. Yeah. So with The Invisible Man, I really have a lot of hope. We did a little rundown of the movies he actually wrote. Like you said, Saw, Saw 2, Saw 3, Dead Silence. I like Dead Silence. I like Dead Silence, I don't too, care what yeah. anybody says. I like Dead Silence. Insidious, Chapter 2, The Mule. Don't remember The Mule. Is that that's the movie where the guy gets stuck in like the airport and he's trafficking cocaine in his ass, right? Yes. <laughs> Hugo Weaving. I did not know he wrote that. That's awesome. He wrote that. That, um, that movie's oh. funny as hell. So the next one he wrote, this is literally the next movie that came out, was Cooties. And I just saw oh, that. Oh, yeah, dude. I love Cooties. I just seen that the other Cooties week. Cooties is funny as hell. Yeah, it's pretty decent. See, it's chapter three, like I said, Upgrade, The Last Key. So a lot of it. It's the, it's the horror genre, which we really think that he knows how to do well. Yeah, we'll see, I, I guess. Yeah, we'll see. But I, I really do want to see what's going to happen in the next Quiet Place because it did so well. Mm-hmm. Where are you going to go? Yeah, I agree. I agree. So number four, Pixar's new original film, Onward, has shown its first look. In a sneak peek, Dan Scanlon, the film's writer and director, gave the press stills for the upcoming film. The still showcased a somewhat suburban living situation and mystical fantasy creatures, including a pet dragon. The film stars Julia Louis-Dreyfus, Chris Pratt, and Tom Holland, and looks to be a new, unique film in Pixar's extensive catalog. Uh, the reason I put this in here is I don't really care about like the stills and stuff like that so much as it is really nice to see that Pixar hasn't abandoned their original films. Because for a while there, it seemed like all they were doing were sequels or prequels. And I really don't feel like that's their strength, personally. I think Coco and Inside Out are infinitely better than Cars 3 or Monsters University or, I don't know, even Toy Story 2. I think Toy Story 3 is the real outlier because I think Toy Story 3 is actually the best of the Toy Stories, personally. I do, too. So... 
I do too. I think that it, it's pinnacle. It's really, really good. But I'm really excited to see that they're doing something original because Toy Story Four is coming out. Is it is it this month or is it next month? That's coming out. Yeah. Is it that soon? Yeah, it's real soon because they've. Uh, I saw I saw a couple articles that said that the uh, oh hell yeah pre sale damn okay twenty first the pre sale tickets for it um, are the highest that uh, Pixar has ever seen. Beating out even The Incredibles 2, which is kind of crazy. It's not, well, not to me, not to me, uh, as far as this, this conversation. So, mm. Incredibles 2 came out way after Toy Story 3, because that came out fucking nine years ago. Yeah. Can you believe that? That's, it's fucking nuts. So, if Toy Story 3 came out a year before Incredibles 2, how much would that margin have been? Mm. Toy Story was is a like Incredibles is a good story. Oh uh, yeah, for yeah. everyone. Toy Story started this. Yeah, uh, that's that's fair. And Toy Story has been with us for uh, twenty five years. Yeah, it was like ninety four, ninety five. Right? With that being said, this one's going to do great because a lot of people felt like the last one was at the end, and they had a lot of us tearing up. Mm-hmm. And now we may have another one, and Keanu Reeves is in it. So you know that that's just going to add on to it. So as far as Pixar goes, I, you know I feel that I don't really feel like do a lot of sequels like that. I feel that they sequelize what they have. Like, think about it. it took Incredibles 2 took, what, 15 years to come out? It came out in 2004, and then it came out last year, right, so, so 14 years. 14 years. Then you had Finding Nemo. Mm-hmm. That took... That took a while, too. 16 years. Uh, Nemo was 03? No. Yes. I, I think that's right. And it came out in 16 or 15? 16, I think. All right, so... Or no, 2017, actually, I think. Yeah, you may be right. But, so, you're talking about a good 14 uh, uh, years. Yeah. The cars is the only thing that they kept doing, I hate and I cars. hate cars. I, the whole series sucks. Yeah, even Cars One is bad. I don't it sucks. <laughs> and I knew what they were going for, and it didn't work. Uh, but everything else they've done, like Up, Ratatouille, mm-hmm. all these, I, I just think that we are looking at the big franchises, seeing how they are going from there, and they're all coming out together. Not really together, but it's all been. 2018 was this. 2017 was this. And then when the Cars 3 come out, 2015. That one was probably 15, yeah. Yeah, so all these are kind of coming out together. Now you got mm-hmm. Torx Way 4 coming out. So I just feel like it's just because of, of the timing. But in general, they've had things in between. Oh, yeah, for sure. For and sure. I don't think they were bad. I think I think my my thing is with, with Pixar in their early stages, like from 95 to probably around 2010-ish which is when Toy Story 3 came out. I really feel like that was the peak of their powers. And in there you had, I think, a total of two sequels. And that was Toy Story 2, or, well, three sequels. Toy Story 2, Toy Story 3, and Cars 2. Well, and Monsters, Inc. 1 and 2. Monsters well, University. Monsters, Inc., uh, the Monsters University didn't come out that early. Like, for Monsters, because, let's see, you've got Toy Story, then you have Toy Story 2, then you have A Bug's Life, then you have uh, Monsters, Inc., then you have, I think, Finding Nemo. I think. But then you have The Incredibles after that. Then in 2006, you have Cars. Then after that, it... Let me see. I'm trying to think. All right, so we have... Like, from, from 95 to 2010, there's, like, legitimately speaking, only, like, three sequels. And then since 2010... It's all been all sequels with like three or four standalone items. Does that make sense? Yeah. Now, to be fair, 
they only came out with from the time they started until you said 2010. Yeah, there's only 11 movies. Okay, and out of those 11 movies, you, I think, I don't, I don't know if we, we, we should even consider Toy Story because it started it. Yeah, and so you kind of expected a sequel. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's fair. But even if you do keep it in, the only sequels you had within that time frame were the Toy Story movies. That oh, was it. Even Car- Cars Two wasn't. Cars Two came out two thousand eleven. Oh wow! Monsters okay. University came out two thousand thirteen. Uh, Final Dory two thousand sixteen. Cars Three two thousand seventeen. Incredibles Two two thousand eighteen. So yeah. And then it, since since two thousand ten, they've had let's see, The Good Dinosaur, Inside, Inside Out. Out, and then Brave. Oh yeah, I forgot about Brave. Coco. Yeah, Coco's good. Coco's really good. Coco was good. Coco was good. I like the twist. Yeah, I, I didn't mm-hmm. expect that at all. But yeah, like I, to me, I feel like they've kind of become almost a sequel factory, and I really like the fact that they. So not to cut you off of this, so this put it like this. So from the tenth movie, the tenth mm-hmm. movie was up. After up, they had one, two, three, four, five, six. Six of the next ten movies were sequels. Yeah. Yeah, so I so you are correct. That does make a lot of sense. That seems like they're doing sequels. And then the seventh of the eleventh one would be a sequel because that would be Toy Story 4. Yeah. And then you have Onward coming out. So more than half of your movies are sequels. Yeah. And these are movies that have came out. I don't mean that that's necessarily a bad thing either because, I mean, Toy Story 2 and Toy Story 3 are really fucking excellent. Incredibles 2 is fine. I, I don't like it nearly as much as I like the first one, but whatever. The only two that I really don't like are Finding Dory and Monsters University. I mean, I've never seen any of the Monsters movies. Like the, I've seen bits and pieces of Monsters, Inc., but I had no desire to really watch it. Yeah. And it wasn't like I was. my kids weren't that young yet. Yeah. I mean that old yet to to watch them. Yeah. So when Finding Nemo came out, that was um, that was something I had watched a lot. But I'm not a big I'm not a big cartoon person in the first place. Mm, yeah. Pixar really had me really had me because like the, you, even if you go through their movies, I can do without. You take all the Toy Stories out. A Toy Story is different. Yeah. A Bug's Life, I could do without that. Oh, I said Monster Monsters. I did like Finding Nemo. Uh, yeah. I did Finding like Nemo is great. I did like The Credibles. Yeah. But then you came up with Cars. Like um, Cars is bad. Ratatouille wasn't bad, but I didn't care. I like Ratatouille, but yeah, Wally. I couldn't sit through it. Really? I like Wally a lot. Couldn't sit through it. Um, up. I liked Up, but I don't want to ever see Up again. <laughs> Never want to see that again. I like. I, matter of fact, I was thinking about this the other night because, oh, I tell you something else. You're watching Dead to Me. On oh yeah, um, Kayla started watching that the other day. Yeah, we started watching it last night. Well, and Asner is in there. Okay. So he was on. He was up. He was the old yeah. guy. Yeah. And so I started thinking about up. Oh, I said, you know, if I could just keep the first fifteen minutes up, mm-hmm. I'd be fine. Like it's sad, yeah, but you know, it was good. It's good. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I could do it up. Cars too. We already talked about that. Yeah. Haven't seen Brave yet. What I've seen the Inside Out was good. I like Inside Out a lot. Like the. I think I've caught about 40 minutes of it. It was mm-hmm. really good about them trying to understand um, how people understand feelings. I had no desire to see the dinosaur. That was never yeah, yeah. an option. Mm-hmm. I even, matter of fact, if you had gave me, if you had given me a trillion chances to name <laughs> this as a Pixar movie, I would never have got Dude, it. I, I, I was excited because I like Pixar and I like dinosaurs. And then I was like, this movie's fucking bad. <laughs> I like Friday Dory, but I felt like it was too long, mm-hmm. and because it was too long, they had to put fillers in that made the movie seem blah. But I didn't dislike it. Like I, th- I didn't dislike it. Mm. Um, 
Like, like, I did like Coco. Coco's I really good. did like Coco. And I haven't seen all the Incredibles too. I've seen like 20 minutes to here. Yeah. Um, I know what happened, of course. But. Yeah. It's fine. I I have some problems with it, like a lot of problems with it, but it's fine. <laughs> I have some, like a lot. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, but to, to get on this movie, though, because another person that's in the movie is uh, Octavia Spencer. Oh, so I didn't know that. There's only four that. people that they actually confirmed that. Mm-hmm. I like the cast. I like all of those people. I like the cast, but I wonder if this is going to resonate with anyone. Yeah, I agree. I don't think that this may be, this may not be a good one. I think the cast is good. The story may be good, but I, I don't know if it will resonate. Mm, I agree. It almost reminds me of like a reverse, or it, it almost reminds me of Finding Dory, because that's almost a reverse Finding Nemo. She goes looking for her parents or whatever. And that's, from what I understand, from what I read of the plot synopsis, that's basically what it is, where uh, Tom Holland and Chris Pratt play brothers, and they go out looking for their their father. Cute. Yeah. Cute. But See if magic is still out. Oh. <laughs> okay. My kids are old enough. Like, I only have one who really watches cartoons, mm. and I've kind of taken her out of that. Yeah. Like, hey, here, let's, let's watch Pulp Fiction. I know you're six, but still, you're going to have to eventually, you know, see this in life. She's going to walk around being like, oh, shit, I shot Marvin in the face. <laughs> Motherfucker. No. But, or she's she's quoting the whole the guns of the Navarone speech where he's like, I got to pick up motherfuckers bits of skulls out of my seat. Oh, Lord. Uh, yeah, number five. The HBO show Silicon Valley has some news that may be saddening to some. The comedy is ending its run after six seasons on the premium cable network with a final set of seven episodes set to bow later this year. The Bay Area spoof, which launched in 2014 from executive producers Mike Judge and Alec Berg, will join Game of Thrones and Veep as long-running HBO series airing their final seasons in 2019. For what it's worth, Judge and Berg have long talked about a six-season plan for the show. They said in an article back in 2017 to The Hollywood Reporter that, quote, six seasons seems to be the standard for something like this, which seems fine to me. I'd be happy with that, end quote. Even with Silicon Valley coming to its natural end, the pair will remain in business with HBO. Judge, the creator of Beavis and Butthead, has the animated series Tales from the Tour Bus at Cinemax. While former Seinfeld writer Berg is on the co or sorry, is the co showrunner of HBO's comedy Barry. So you watch Silicon Valley? Do you oh yeah. I, I well when it first came out I watched it. We lost HBO, I had to start watching it. And then they changed the day. That's what happened. They changed the day that it came on. And mm. so that threw me off because I couldn't really watch it that day. We didn't have D V R at the time. So I had to catch up on a couple of seasons. Um, I like Silicon Valley a lot. I think with old boy having his little issue, kind of threw it off that year. The dude, Deadpool. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, well, he, he left after, I think it was the end of season four. And this is season, this is about to be season six, right? Yep. Yes. And this is the last season. So, so that was like a year and a half ago. Yeah. And so when he, when that happened, I think this season was about to come on. Mm-hmm. So I think it threw it off a yeah. little bit as far as, you know, with people giving it, you know, any sort of play but it was still a damn good show yeah like yeah. it was a good show I think the first four seasons are really really spectacular I didn't care for the last season as much it was still funny but there were a lot of things in it that I'm like this just isn't the same show that I that I watched for four seasons and really enjoyed yeah T.J. Miller T.J. Miller yeah that's his name but so. I still liked it like it was it was definitely something that I liked mm-hmm. and 
it, HBO rarely puts out anything that's bad. Oh, yeah. If anything. Yeah. You know, just because it doesn't last doesn't mean it's bad. Yeah. It just didn't catch on. Yeah. Because I like I like Barry. You seen I Barry? haven't seen anything of Barry yet. It's fucking funny. I've heard it's really, really good. Barry's funny. Bill Hader does a damn good job. But, you know, Veep is off. That was yeah. off. They they were basically, um, what you call it, when they're right after each other. I and don't know. The, as far as the shows, like, they would come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of the word for it. I can't I think know. of the word, but... I think it's just fitting for them both to go off, you know, mm-hmm. because, you know, it's people who are used to Sunday nights. That's your Sunday night, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, Game of Game Thrones, Thrones Veep, Veep, and Silicon, Silicon Valley. Valley, yeah. And then last, like, last week tonight. So, yeah, um, yeah, it's a shame. But, you know, the, the thing about this is where we had a conversation before, too, about, like, The Office. Mm-hmm. So, I really like The British Office. I really like the first couple of seasons of American Office. Mm-hmm. But I'm not a love story kind of guy unless I'm watching a love story. Yeah. That's why I like Seinfeld. Yeah. Because yeah. there was no love story. The sex, it was no, I feel for you. And if it is, you're getting no clown. So the office was how far are you going to go? You don't want that to be a situation with this because especially with what type of show it is, mm-hmm. when they're talking about how far are you really going to go? How many more seasons are you really going to have? Yeah. So sometimes things just needs to be, you know, just done, come out with something different. Either if you want to do a spinoff, do a spinoff. Yeah. Um, and we talked about that last week about how sometimes that doesn't work out well. Mm. Just coming up with good, better ideas, just yeah. new ideas is better. But but one thing about it is that when you have a show like this where you feel, damn, it could do like 10 seasons. Yeah. And a good, solid 10 seasons. Hell, if Friends got to do 10 seasons, why can't this do, do 10 seasons? Yeah. But... You know, if, if they need to go, they need to go. I know Judge probably has a lot of other things going on, like you said, about the Tales of the Two of Us and Berg is, you know, doing things. But I enjoyed the show. Yeah. I enjoyed the show. I agree. Number six. In the wake of Disney's acquisition of Fox, FX is reshuffling its executive ranks. Eric Schreier will take on the newly created position of president of FX Entertainment. In the role, he'll report directly to the chairman, John Lunt. Landgraf and will oversee all original entertainment under the FX brand. With the move, Nick Grad, who previously held the same title as Schreier, will now report to him as FX Entertainment's president of original programming. In addition, Gina Ballion has also been named president of original programming for FX Entertainment alongside Grad. Together, they will be responsible for scripted projects. In their own way, Schreier, Grad, and Ballion have each played key roles in the development and continued success of FX's highest-profile series from The Americans to Atlanta to American Crime Story. The restructuring is designed to help better facilitate the higher output expected of the now-Disney-owned studio and network group, as it's likely to free up Landgraf to continue building out the FX empire, which soon will play an increasingly valuable role within Hulu as well. So I put this in here because fucking Disney owns everything, but also their acquisition of Fox has been, I don't like it personally. I don't like it. Uh, I mean, it's cool. People get their X-Men in the MCU or whatever, but I really like independent stuff. And I'm, I know that like they've said, you know, we're kind of like hands off. You guys can do whatever you want to do or whatever, but 
I almost feel like this is going to meddle with a bunch of the series that I like. Like, I don't know that It's Always Sunny is still going to be able to get away with some of the shit they get away with because they're owned by Disney now. And it's all fine and dandy that they're putting this out there as, like, this is how we're reshuffling things. But, like, with upgrades in position and, like moving people to the same position and stuff like that. You have to fill the roles that they were already filling. And again, like I said, you put some people in there and you may not be able to get away with the same kind of shit. You may not be able to get really great shows like fucking Legion or, or it's always sunny or, you know, yeah. I mean, you may not be able to get those same quality shows because those people aren't in those same positions anymore. So, I don't know. that That's the whole reason that I even put this in there. Because I don't really give a fuck, honestly, about, like, uh, political reshuffling or whatever in business. I don't care. Well, but, I mean, I care because when it comes down to it, it's going to screw us because we, like you said, we'll miss out on some good entertainment because of politics. Mm-hmm. And that's what it comes down to. We shouldn't do this because blah, blah, blah. Well, obviously, it's been working out since yeah. people have been watching it. Um, it is kind of interesting how they put this guy in a position, put somebody with him, and then put the other person under them. I thought that was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Regardless, all this has to do, and we listened to this kind of early, everybody, the the, the regular person is going to look at this as X-Men, Fantastic Four. The person that is looking into this, you're trying to get Hulu. You're trying to get, you're basically trying to monopolize this whole situation. Yeah, yeah. Disney literally, uh, with the exception of Universal and Paramount, which own their own, you know, whatever. It's really those three. It's Disney, Universal, and Paramount. Those are the three big ones. And Disney owns fucking... Viacom. Oh, Viacom owns Paramount. Okay. So, um, and I don't even think Universal is, uh, Universal is owned by Comcast, I think. Oh, yeah. So, um, but yeah, like, it's ridiculous. To me, it's, it's ridiculous. And you're right. Like, Disney was trying to, when they bought... Fox, they bought all the properties, and it's in a, in order to have more content to put on shit like Hulu. And, I mean, can you blame them? No, like no, it, I can't. like like in, in reality, you know, this goes back to this damn capitalist society, you know. And like I yeah, said, if they're the only fucking business in town, who are you going to go to? I get it. I but I can't blame but them. They, we tried to stop in a monopolization monopolization almost 100 years ago. Mm-hmm. And certain things make sense when you look at it as far as, well, Disney owns Marvel. Why can't they have all of their characters? Mm-hmm. That makes sense. But in a deeper part, so you took most of the stake of Hulu is now yours. And so what other what, what else do you have other than Hulu? Like Sling and places like that, but nothing like Hulu. And so now you can just do so much with the content that you have with your Disney Plus platform. We talked about this mm-hmm. over a couple of weeks. It's just very interesting how they put this guy, moved him down, put somebody over him with somebody else, and want them to play well together. Mm-hmm. And you also have a situation where Disney now has, as far as the local channels, they they have Fox too now, right? I think that the news affiliated, like the, the, the territorial things, is still owned and operated by the Fox Corporation. But in terms of the like the, the cable stuff and the studios like 20th Century Fox, all of that is theirs. And then won't make a difference if it's luck or not because you can still be able – you still have other ways of, of watching. We, we rarely watch local TV yeah. in general. There's yeah. certain things we watch, but in – like the news. The news, Jeopardy, yeah. stuff like that. But in general, I, I'm watching Hulu to see what's on regular TV. 
Because <laughs> yeah, I don't have yeah. time to really go through and like, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. what's coming on tonight. And so many things go off. There's some shows that have been on for 10 years. I have no clue. Just because, of, you know. But we'll see how this plays out in the next year. Because this is just the beginnings of this. I'm hoping that they don't change anything just because... There's so many good shows on FXX yeah. and FX in general. Yeah, I, Disney would really fuck this up and really make me mad. And I wasn't a big Disney fan in the first place. I think I said this before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I didn't like Disney because mm. I don't like cartoons and none of that shit like yeah. that. And then they bought ESPN. I had no choice but to like them because yeah. the thing I watched the most yeah. is owned by... The fuck else are you going to watch? Right. Fox Sports? Like, get the fuck out of here. Well, now, it seems <laughs> like it may be the option. Yeah. But anyway, that's that's that's... That's some good news. Yeah. Number seven. Game one of the NBA Finals Thursday scored the lowest ratings for a series opener in a decade. The Toronto Raptors 118-109 to win over the Golden State Warriors drew a 10.1 household rating in overnight metered markets on ABC, down 18% from the opening game a year ago. It's the lowest preliminary rating for a game one since an 8.9 in 2009, and the lowest for any NBA Finals game since 2013. 10.0 for the third game of that series. The 2019 finals are the first since 2011 not to feature LeBron James, the best-known basketball player on the planet. They're also the first involving a team outside of the United States and therefore a home market not measured by Nielsen. The 2018 series opener ended up with 17.35 million viewers. If the preliminary decline carries through to the final ratings, Thursday's matchup would end with about 14.2 million viewers. So I saw this. I thought that this was interesting because we both like sports. Um, I'm probably not as big a basketball fan as you, but I like the finals and the playoffs for basketball. So, But, yeah, this was kind of crazy to me because, to me, from what I can gather from, like, people I talk to and stuff like that, basketball is, like, bigger than it's ever fucking been. Basketball is big. Well, so there's a couple factors, and you even touched on them in uh, your commentary. So you have a, 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 a team that's not from here. Yeah. Um, you have, and then plus, this is the thing about how the season started. So if you were to ask, like, a regular fan. Yeah. So, who do you think the Warriors are going to play? Because when it came down to the Western Conference, we are almost agreed that if LeBron couldn't stop them with the Lakers, which we didn't think could happen, the Warriors would probably play Houston in the Conference Championship. Yeah. There you go. So, who in the East would win? So, we were thinking Boston. Kawhi came to Toronto, maybe to Kawhi. We knew Milwaukee was going to be decent. We didn't think they would be the best team in the league. Mm-mm, yeah. Philly. We knew Philly was going to be something to, to contend with. But basically those four teams. But as far as those four, Toronto probably was going to be the fourth one. Yeah. Just because... Kawhi has been not consistent over his career. Kawhi has been very consistent over his career. I don't... Kawhi has not been playing uh, the last couple of years. Okay, well, so fair enough. So two years ago in the playoffs, the first game of the Spurs versus... The Warriors. Mm-hmm. The Spurs were up by like twenty three points. Yeah, yeah. Kawhi got injured. The Spurs lost a set series. They got swept. Mm. From that point on, he did not play again until. Maybe that's why I think he's inconsistent. Because you haven't really seen him. Yeah, yeah. But I've just he, been seeing like his stats. I'm like, <laughs> oh, he doesn't. But when he plays, he's considered the best two way player, defensive, offensive, in the game. Yeah. He's he's considered at least the second, if he's not considered the best defensive player in the game all around. Um, he's been Finals MVP mm-hmm. the second time they played Cleveland. Yeah. Um, or the, yeah, the second time. And was it the first? Regardless. Um, I think it was the second time because yeah. the first time I think they lost the Finals, didn't they? The Spurs? Yeah. Was it the first or second time? Regardless, whatever time they yeah. won, Kawhi yeah. was yeah. MVP. 
So you have a lot of people who don't care about Toronto. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people who, if they were looking at this just from afar, kind of like the... You know what? I think you are right. I think it is the second time that they won. Like, I'm, I'm thinking about it now in my head because I remember, I remember being upset that the fucking Cavs won because I fucking hate LeBron. And then the Spurs played them again, and then they won. The Heat, you mean? The Heat? Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah, the Heat. Then, not, then they not lost. The fucking, uh, then he played, he went to Cleveland. Yeah. And they lost again. Mm. Yeah. But I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that it is the first time the NBA team from Canada has made it. It's mm. not like we have teams from other countries. And... A lot of people probably weren't expecting this team to make it. Like, Kyle Lowry can not show up at all. He's not shown up in the playoffs at all. A majority for the last three or four years. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had the number one seed in the East last year, the year before, and like second the year before that. So, and then I think another thing too is, and I have to look at the numbers on Super Bowls, but. Football, it may be different, but a lot of times people don't like dynasties like that. Mm-hmm. They get bored. Yeah. And so we have to kind of look at those numbers to see how Alabama does, see how Patriots do. The I guess there's no baseball right now really dominating, but yeah. just to see how that goes. But that's one very thing that's really interesting is that they didn't care like that because the 2009 one, mm-hmm. that was that – was, Magic and the Lakers. Mm. And that was another one of those ones where if you just were to assume, you assume the Lakers are going to win. Yeah. You didn't think that Dwight Howard was team was going to win that game, that series. Same kind of thing with this one. Like we said, this is the first time that LeBron hasn't been in. Mm-hmm. And LeBron is arguably the most known player. You know, you could say him or Steph because a lot of people know yeah, Steph. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people do know um, Steph. But without him being in, if you even just think about some women who watch like Dallas Cowboys football. Mm-hmm. You know the Cowboys, and that's it. Yeah. So if they're not playing, you're not watching. And I'm not just throwing this on the women, but, you know, I hear that a lot. Like, yeah, so who's on the team? I don't know, but it's Cowboys. Yeah, or, yeah. Or there's Dak, or there's Ezekiel, but yeah. that's it. Well, LeBron, if they don't see LeBron, that's all you really know. Yeah. Them and the Warriors, and you know the Warriors, so you assume they're going to win. What else was going on yesterday, though? I can't think of anything, personally. What else was going on? For it to be so low, other than it's the fact that it's a Toronto team. I enjoyed the game. Yeah, I didn't watch. I was at working. Yeah, I enjoyed the game. I can't wait for Sunday for the next game. Mm. I can't wait for this series because this probably would be the best series that we've seen probably since the Cavs beat the Warriors. Mm. You know, that was the team that the Warriors had broken the record for in the regular season. And yeah. Losing. And then, yeah. Um, I hated that shit also because LeBron won. I didn't like the fact that that Draymond Green was out because I think that really affected them. Mm-hmm. I really feel I that the Warriors should have been four P champions. They should have won four in a row. Yeah. Uh, to me, I agree. But it's what it is. Uh, oh, you see Drake? Oh, oh, Drake is fucking getting obnoxious. Obnoxious. <laughs> like he's getting obnoxious. Anyway, <laughs> champagne poppy. Oh boy, number eight. If you've ever wondered who actually goes to see plays, a new report may surprise you. According to The Hollywood Reporter, the Broadway League on Tuesday released end-of-season statistics for the 2018-2019 season, revealing that for the 2018-2019 season, total attendance reached a record of 14768254 and Broadway shows earned an unprecedented $1.8 billion in grosses. The numbers marked the best attended and highest grossing season in Broadway history. Attendance was up 9.5% from the 2017-2018 season, and 
this season ran from May 2018 or May 28th of 2018 and ended May 26th of 2019. Broadway attendance in the season topped that of the 10 professional New York and New Jersey sports teams combined and surpassed the combined sports teams by over 4.6 million in attendance. During the season, 38 productions opened, including 13 musicals, 21 plays, and four special engagements. The biggest earners were Holdovers Hamilton, The Lion King, Wicked, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, and Aladdin, as well as new season entries like To Kill a Mockingbird and Network, and the now-closed Springsteen on Broadway, which concluded its run in December. This is kind of big. I don't really care for Broadway all that much. I mean, I... I like the idea of plays, I think, but I don't really care, yeah. personally. But those are very impressive numbers. Well, you know why this happened. This is Hamilton. You, you think so? Oh, think about it. Hamilton came out three years ago, right? Yeah, that sounds about right. So it seems like each year is getting more and more. And then, uh, from, my, from my understanding, you couldn't even get tickets for Hamilton on Broadway. Like, really? there was like a waiting list for it. So then you have Wicked, which was always big. Yeah, Wicked's always been the big. The Lion King has been big. For forever, dude. That musical came out in the late 90s, right? If I'm on my second year. Yeah, it's been huge. Then you had, I didn't even know Aladdin came out. Me so either. Aladdin. I didn't know that either. Harry Potter. Yeah, Harry Potter's always fucking big. Yeah, but you would think that, well, I would think that the people who read, who read the books would go see the play. Yeah, that to me is the same sort of demographic for people mm. like us who really don't read that much. What do we do? We watch TV. Yeah, <laughs> but, I mean, let's be fair. <laughs> um, but what's really more fascinating is the fact that it's New York. Yeah, it's New York. Yeah, and you sold more than every team. You have more attendance than every team That's in crazy. the whole fucking state of New Jersey in New York. Yeah, you have the Yankees. The, uh, let's see. There's the Yankees. There's the Mets. the Jets. The Mets. The Giants. The Knicks. The Knicks. The Nets. The Nets. Uh, who were the, the Islanders? The Islanders. The Rangers. And the Rangers. Yeah. We're missing somebody. Oh, are they considering the um, Red Bulls? I would assume so. Yeah. And yeah, who's the other one? Yeah. Who is the other one? Football, basketball. Oh. If they said the whole state, they said the whole state, right? Yeah. Buffalo. Bills. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The and Bills, yeah. Regardless, that's still goddamn crazy. That's crazy. Oh, yeah, the New Jersey Devils. Oh, yeah, there we go. That's crazy. They made $1.8 billion. That's crazy. That's crazy. And that's actually really good because that's such an art. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, yeah, for sure. Such an art because you have to remember those lines for hours and hours. And, yes, mm-hmm. you get to do it over and over again. But for you to have to remember that, that's amazing. And that, that puts a whole different spin on who's a good actor and who's not. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I agree. But, yeah, I really think that Hamilton propelled this. I think Wicked and everything else, which has already been out, yeah, still had not got it to this point. And I think with yeah. Hamilton, it brought a lot of different people who didn't, yeah. didn't think they probably would watch plays. I agree. To watch yeah. plays. And then once they realized that they like that, well, we might as well not just stop here. You might as well see this since oh, we're yeah. already here. Yeah. And that's a really good way to segue to other um, other plays and other things. And then do you have a different... I, I definitely had a different appreciation for a musical watching the play. Yeah, yeah. Than watching, like, the movie. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think it's a little bit more bearable for me. Mm. So, but yeah, kudos. Yeah, kudos. good for them. Number nine. 
Game of Thrones star Kit Harington has checked into a wellness retreat to deal with personal issues after the blockbuster series came to an end. In a statement, I think it was to CNN, a representative for the actor said, quote, Kit has decided to utilize this break in his schedule as an opportunity to spend some time at a wellness retreat to work on some personal issues, end quote. Harrington, who played Jon Snow throughout the show's eight-year run, and also he has spoken openly in the past about his struggles dealing with fame and the emotional adjustment he was forced to make after the conclusion of the hit series. The show's final season was met with some mixed reviews, but drew huge ratings for HBO, with its last episode drawing 19.3 million viewers, setting a record for the series. So, For the station, I think. Oh, for HBO? I think I think it was the highest rated show ever on HBO. Damn, that's crazy. I think. Okay. Uh, but even still... What do you think? <laughs> One thing that I I think gets lost a little bit with a lot of people is that they forget that actors are humans too. And I don't think that this is necessarily all a part of just him having emotional fallout from the show. I think there are other things because they, if I remember correctly, the statement said that he had checked in for personal issues, but someone had reported that there was alcohol stuff that was involved and... Also, he's he was in that documentary that came out last Sunday that kind of followed the making of the last season of mm-hmm. Game of Thrones. He was saying in that he was like when they cl- you know when it was my last day on set or whatever, like I had like a panic attack filming my last scene because I didn't know what the fuck I was going to do after the show ended, and that's a very real feeling that all of us at one point feel in some way or another like whether it be with like you know a relationship ending or you know you lose your job or whatever it may be that is something that we definitely all go through and i don't like people being like oh he's just a baby he's not doing game of thrones anymore blah 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 blah. and what did he do last year what happened last year last summer well what happened he got married oh yeah yeah yeah, he did get married so you just get married your show is about to go off. Yeah. I mean, so I think I, I don't know about, like personally about like a wellness retreat or anything like that. I'm not fucking rich enough to afford that kind of shit. But I think uh, people deal with stuff in different ways. And if he can't deal with it, you know, maybe he needs to do that. And I don't think that's necessarily a big issue. But it was kind of a crazy story. I mean. I like it. I li- yeah, I like him too. And it's one of those characters, one of those people that you like because of the character. He may be a fucking asshole. Yeah, life, yeah. But, yeah. It, but you kind of grew with this character and you grew with him. I mm-hmm. even seen Pompeii just because he was in it. And that was garbage. But um, Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like you said, they're human. Yeah. And we put everybody on a pedestal because we can see them. And that's what I don't like either. And we become fucking hypocrites because no matter how famous you are, nothing says that. Well, nothing really is set in stone that says because you're famous that, you know, you should be scrutinized and people should know about your business. The people say, well, you shouldn't have done that. Well, that's not fair. That's not fair to say Mm -mm. because you weren't like you're doing it because you like the profession. Yeah, yeah. Um, you like to act. If if you probably, I bet you, you know, if you told him, hey, you go on Broadway, we could pay you the same amount. He would probably say, yeah. Versus having to be seen and think about all the fucking problems people have about the show and about mm-hmm. how they didn't like it. You know, Lena, yeah, that's another thing that we didn't even take into account. Yeah, like people, like Lena Hadley said that there's people who come up to her like she's fucking Cersei. Mm-hmm. Like talking to her like she's like she's a character. Yeah, you're goddamn crazy. 
you know, but and that goes back to or yeah, and uh, Joffrey he quit acting like completely, completely because of that. Yeah. yeah. So you have a situation like that, or situations like that happen. Those happen. That shit really gets to you. Yeah. And like I said, we forget that they're human. They mm-hmm. just happen to be more more profile, prolific, prolific idiot yeah. than we are. <laughs> and that's that's what I really don't like is that you know we we put these people on even politicians mm-hmm. you know we put these people on pedestals and we expect this out of them and that out of them but do you expect that out of your own fucking life yeah you know yeah. you know and like you said you know people deal with things different ways mm-hmm. just because you have money does not mean that you know how to deal with shit right yeah plain and simple mm-hmm. you just have money just like when they talk about uh, athletes. Well, I don't know why they're still in this in doing that stupid shit when they have money. Did they fucking just change their mind? Did their mind did was this get out? Yeah. We're gonna change your mind so you can understand how what to do with six million dollars. Yeah. No, that shit does not happen like that. Yeah. People are fucking stupid and they make me mad talking shit like that. But there you go. There's people. But I feel for him because anytime you deal with alcohol mm-hmm. or any any sort of substance abuse as your way out, mm-hmm. it's always a bad deal. Oh yeah, I agree. Always a bad deal because then it stops being a let me do this because I'm not feeling good to I can't wait to get off of work to do this or I can't yeah. wait mm-hmm. to do this. Yeah, and it's a crutch. It after becomes that. a crutch. But anyway, I feel for him and I hope everything works out for him. I hope yeah, he can agreed. find a job after this that's not typecast. Yeah, this is agree. another thing because you have to go through that whole point of who's going to hire me for something that's not like this character. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, yeah, best of luck to him and I hope everything works out. Number 10. It's official. The new game from Gaming Autor, Hideo Kojima, has a release date, and it's sooner than some had thought. Death Stranding, the ambiguous new title from the Japanese director, launched a trailer Wednesday morning showing some interesting new gameplay features and a release date of November 8th. The date is interesting considering that the team at Kojima Productions has only been up and running since early 2016, and the search for an engine to run the game only found its answer in Gorilla's Decima engine in December of that same year giving the game a less than three-year development cycle. So uh, that was a lot of editorializing on my part because I have a very clear view, obviously, of when I think that this game should be coming out. <laughs> um, but that's really crazy because, like I said, they they had a... It was like six or seven-month-long Hideo Kojima on Instagram, like every week going through like different... Uh, going to different studios and researching like engines that he was going to run his game and engines uh, i mean they they're called engines for a reason you know i mean they they run literally everything so the fact that they hadn't even found that until late in 2016 means that at the most that they could have done was pre-production up until that point and to me that leaves very little time in my in in my head for for them to have actually made the game, unless it's super fucking short, unless it's like a five hour game, you know. But it's cool because there are a lot of people who are really excited about this fucking game, and it's got some really really high profile actors in it, like Norman Reedus and uh, Mads Mikkelsen, and there was someone else that I saw. The chick. Yeah, I don't remember her name, but yeah. So I'm excited. Because I want to know what the fuck the game is. The trailer still does not tell me what the fuck is going on. So, but yeah, super cool stuff, I think. Have you seen the trailer for any of it? Yeah, yeah. I. That's what made me think about it. I said, damn, this looks really good. Damn, this looks like Norman Reedus, for real. Mm-hmm. It looks interesting. 
like I told you, man, like it's hard for me to get into games because I know how I am. Mm-hmm. And I know that I'm going to want to divulge all my time into these yeah. games. And I don't I don't have time to do that. And it's not one of those things where you could just put down. Like I tried to play Bioshock 2 mm-hmm. again, try to beat it again just yeah. in a different way. And just going through that whole first part dissuaded me from continuing to play it to play because it took me fucking like six hours just to kind of get through that one part i said i don't have time for this yeah i don't have time for this like i want to do it but i don't have time for this but this game looks awesome like you said about the engine either they had it already pre-produced or they already had a concept down yeah and just had to twerk some things depending on the engine Mm -hmm. um that's the only thing i could think but it looks awesome it looks very good fucking awesome Number 11. More than a decade after the release of Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare, developer Infinity Ward is returning to the game that made its franchise into an industry-dominating juggernaut. This year's Call of Duty is again Modern Warfare, but it's not a remake of the game that kicked off the trilogy in 2007. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2019 is a reimagining of the first game and brings with it some stark changes like the addition of cross-play and moving away from the standard multiplayer season pass. Infinity War revealed details about Call of Duty's Modern Warfare single-player campaign to journalists last week as its studio at its studio in California. During a lengthy presentation, developers explained that this isn't a continuation of the Modern Warfare trilogy because in that world, there wasn't much room to raise the stakes. Russia invaded the U.S., nuclear weapons exploded, and the series' major characters had thought through it all with some even dying along the way. Instead, Infinity War wanted to revisit some of the Modern Warfare's concepts without being beholden to the world with the original trilogy created. There are some returning elements, though. Captain Price is again a principal character in the new story, for instance. It seems as though this game will also concern Russian interactions with the Middle East, while enemies will include an ultra-nationalist group helping to execute terrorist attacks in major cities such as London. Apart from the broad strokes, though, we don't know much more about the story. So... Call of Duty is fucking huge every year, but the last couple of years have seen it kind of suffer in its overall sales. Like, it's, it still sells like fucking gangbusters, but it doesn't have the same impact that it did in the, like... Like, like two, it first came out. Yeah, right. between, like, two, 2007 when that first game launched through probably 2012. Uh, maybe even 2013 or 2014, it sold stupid, like it stupid, stupid sh- money. Crazy. And the last couple of entries have really, really fallen off. So I think that this is a way for Activision to be like, listen, guys, we need Call of Duty to be selling some more. So why don't you just revisit something that, you know, people want or whatever? Because let's see, after, let's see, Modern Warfare would have been. 2007 so that means that 2009 would have been the year that modern warfare 2 came out which means that 2011 would have been modern warfare 3 so after that came out infinity ward did they did infinite warfare in 24 well they did black ops 2 and yeah. 12. Yeah, yeah. Ghost and 13. Ghost was was that one. And then they did Infinite Warfare. Advanced Warfare. Well, that was that was Sledgehammer, I think. Because well, so it was a two it was a two team thing for a really long time. Because 2000, 2006, I think, was World at War, and that was Treyarch. And then it switched over to in Infinity Ward, which was the modern warfare game. And then it traded off after that with Black Ops and then no, that's not right. What year? World of War came out after World of War came out in 08. Yeah, yeah. So it was Modern Warfare 
World at War, Modern Warfare 2, Black Ops, Modern Warfare 3, Black Ops 2, and then, like you said, Ghost. And then they introduced a third team, and then they sp- started spreading it off every three years for for each team to do it. So the the two games since Modern Warfare 3 that they've done haven't been as well received. Actually, like, not to cut you off, but there's no game that has sold more than Modern World Warfare 3. Oh, for real? Period. The closest one is Black Ops. Yeah, that makes sense to me. They, it's only like a three hundred thousand. Um, yeah. But in general, Modern Warfare Three by far. Well, I don't say by far. That's not an exaggeration. But <coughs> I think this is what you mean. So if you put because when Modern Warfare Four came out, I mean when Call of Duty Four Modern Warfare came out in 07, that sold seventeen million copies. Yeah. In general. Yeah. After that, as far as copies sold, you have the 08. World at War, World at War, Black Ops 3 in 18, Infinite Warfare in 2016, 3, 06, 205, Modern Warfare, the Reflex Edition 09, Modern Warfare Remastered 17. So nothing really, like they had, like they had a lot of good sales between 2010 and 2000, but 2009 and 2015. That's when the bulk of the sales happened. Mm-hmm. But everything else it's kind of like in between, and they weren't really doing well. Yeah, like you go from like 2007, your first game sells 17 million, and then 2008, the hype train comes on. And actually, no, no, that's wrong. I mean, what I said was right, but the hype train didn't go on because War that War was the next game they came out with. Yeah, they only sold 15 million. Yeah. But then, 09, that's when it started coming up. Yeah, Modern Warfare 2 was fucking crazy. I remember million. buying into that shit real hard. And then you had Black, uh, Black Ops. They had 30 million. That's the second highest. And yeah. then World War 3. So, from 09, they kept going up. And then, I think it depends on what type of team it is. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Because well, um, the team that did World War 2, I think, was Sledgehammer. And people bought that one pretty well. Because it was it was like a back to the fundamentals or whatever, but the the two teams that have been trading it off um, and doing the more like future age type stuff, those titles have not been selling all that well. So it is nice to see them coming back to it, but I don't know if it's going to be enough for people to come back because you also have to think that there are games out there that are the free to play model now that people are like they're all in on. Like Fortnite, Fortnite. is fucking huge, you know what I mean? Which is that's fucking dumb because that game's bad, but. I can't. Play that game. Um, or but, you've got other shit like Apex Legends, which is like a better version of Fortnite, you know. Pete, and those games are free. But it's, it's still something about sometimes you don't want to play with people like that. Oh yeah, that that is true, and that's why I really like that idea that they're bringing a single player campaign back because Black Ops Four, which was with the one from last year, didn't have that. It was multiplayer only yeah sometimes you want to play with people sometimes you want to play by yourself and you want to do things and one thing that you said may be the reason why it does well is because like you already knew like i didn't like if i looked at the the case Mm -hmm. i probably would realize okay these are different companies that done it because i think i remember that but i wouldn't offhand i known that yeah for people like you who would know it offhand they know all right this company's about to do this so this game's gonna be the shit yeah we have to get it Mm -hmm. well if this company does it uh, I'll hold off on it. So they yeah. may be thinking like you will, be like you are, and just waiting to see which company comes out with it and knowing that the one company that had done the better ones is coming back. Yeah. And like I said, a lot of people don't like to play by themselves. And even with multiplayer games, a lot of people don't like that setup of Fortnite or Apex Legends. Sometimes you like 
real life. That's why this shit got so big. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because you like that whole, mm-hmm. oh, hell yeah, we're doing this, you know, in the jungles of, you know, Nicaragua or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. but in, in general, as a, as a video game fan, I'm hype about this. Yeah, because it looks good. The trailer looked really good. So One thing that I didn't add that's kind of like supplemental to this that I saw, I don't remember where I saw it, but uh, it might have been Kotaku. There was a report saying that the game that Sledgehammer was working on, which was supposed to be the one that comes out after this, the game that they were working on was supposed to be a Vietnam-era game. And they they canned it, and that um, Raven Software, who they they kind of run support on all of the Call of Duty titles. Like, they build the map packs and stuff like that that come with the, the multiplayer stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, that Raven is actually stepping in to help finish that game because they're completely redoing it. It's no longer going to be a Vietnam or anything like that. I don't know if I would even like that. Yeah. Because Vietnam is such an iffy situation mm-hmm. where yeah. I don't know if I like that. Um, I think Black Ops did it well, but that was because it was less about Vietnam. There was, if I remember correctly, there were only like two Vietnam era like uh, levels that you played through, and the rest of it was like Cold War stuff. So, but Black Ops did it well. I don't understand why you couldn't do a Vietnam based game. No, you but, could. I mean, you could. But I think it's like when you when you look at like doing like a World War One game or mm-hmm. a World War Two game, you had definitive people. Well, even World War One was kind of fucked up how we even got into that shit. Oh yeah, agreed. But it wasn't like Vietnam where you just went into somebody's fucking country. Yeah, that's just to fair. be in that fucking country. Mm-hmm. I couldn't even understood a Korean War one. Yeah, just because you do have two sides, definitely. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why we got became, but. Vietnam is such a uh, now the gameplay of it mm-hmm. is probably would be wicked. Oh yeah. Now we should lose and every at the end of the game all the time. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, number twelve, and this is the last one. This year's E3 has been getting confirmations left and right, but perhaps none are quite as big as some news coming from Square Enix. For quite some time, it has been known that Square Enix was working on a game for Marvel and that it was centered around the Avengers, but details were scant. A new Twitter account, at Play Avengers, tweeted out a link on Wednesday with a link to the Square Enix's E3 press conference schedule saying, quote, Tune into Square Enix's live E3 2019 for the worldwide reveal of Marvel's Avengers, end quote. The title has been in development at Crystal Dynamics, the team behind the recent Tomb Raider reboot and sequel, Rise of the Tomb Raider, with help from Eidos Montreal and Marvel Studios. Uh, this is big because this game has been, I mean, not even rumored. It has been, I think, 2013 or 2014 it got announced or something like that. It's been in development for a really fucking long time. I saw the trailer a few years ago yeah. and just thought, oh, what's going to happen here? How long is it going to be? Because at the time, we didn't have... Matter of fact, Infinity War wasn't even out yet. Yeah. So my thing is Square Enix made one of my two of my favorite games ever. Mm. They can mess this up. Yeah. Or they can make this be epic. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I, the team that's working on it, I think, is a little strange because Crystal Dynamics, from what I understand, they've only worked on Tomb Raider games. Up to this point. Like, they started with Tomb Raider Underworld, I want to say. That sounds about right. And that was way back in, like, 2008 or 2009. And they worked on Tomb Raider all the way up through... It was uh, 2015, I think, when Rise of the Tomb Raider came out. So it was, like, six years of nothing but Tomb Raider games that they had worked on. So it's... Well, 
you know, it's not who else would Square Enix use because you know they they bought them. Yeah, yeah. So I I mean I can't think of another studio that Square Enix owns personally that would be able to make an Avengers game. But it seems weird to me that because this 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 team's pedigree is in those action adventure platformers, whereas I don't know that necessarily an Avengers game is an action adventure platformer but i mean they could easily change my mind because i probably wouldn't have said the same thing about batman and rocksteady fucking killed it with their uh no rocksteady Rocksteady. yeah um the uh arkham arkham games yeah those games are really fucking good and i would have never thought well this is what you need to do with batman so have you ever played um dose x DSX, yeah. DSX. How'd you like that? Uh, they're fine. I like those games fine. They're not particularly my cup of tea, but I really like the RPG mechanics behind them. Or I admire, I should say. I admire the RPG mechanics behind them. Because to be honest with you, with, with the exception of Tomb Raider, now that's the only thing that Montreal Air has done. So I have hope it's for a screen. I mean, playing simple. Like, I yeah. have hope in them. Even the games, even the Final Fantasy games that I did not care for playing, visually, they were awesome. Mm-hmm. And as, as a publisher, they I, I can't name a single game that I have personally played that Square Enix published that wasn't, at the very least, decent. Like, I can't, I can't name one. And this company has done a lot of stuff that, like you said, is not does not seem like something that I would want to play for the Avengers. Yeah. Like, I won't say the games are bad, but they're nothing... Like when I think of games like this, I think uh, I think of like Final Fantasy, like I'm, I'm, I'm or even Spider Man. Mm-hmm. I'm able to go around the whole world, yeah. do everything, you know, have all these different, or even even better, because this is the first one that I played that was sort of like this. Because even over Final Fantasy, you can go places. It was different than GTA, mm-hmm. yeah. Because there you can go anywhere, yeah. And like I said, it's very similar to how the Spider-Man game is. What I heard, I'm I, like I said, I'm hyper about it because I'm hyper about Avengers. I'm yeah, hyper about anything Avengers have like. But yeah. if, if but what I don't want is I don't want to have it where you only can get so many players. Mm. Like I want it to be where you could be whoever you want to be. Yeah. Like regardless if you have to stay with them the whole game, you get to choose. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't like how GTA was it five where you with three. Yeah, people. had the three. Yeah. I didn't really care for that. Yeah, I, I didn't like that mechanic. I like how all three of their stories diverge and stuff like that, but I didn't like the mechanic of switching between the three. Mm-hmm. So we will see. Yeah, we'll see. We will see. And since this game has been announced for like the last four years, mm-hmm. we'll see. You yeah, know, how this plays out. I'm definitely hyped for it for sure. All right, so let's go to the topic of the show. I I put this in here because the story caught my eye. The other day about Netflix's autoplay feature for the trailers that they have on their um, their movies, mm-hmm. and there's a twist for The World's End, and that twist they have in the autoplay trailer on Netflix, and Edgar Wright saw that, got really upset about it, and was like, "This isn't cool. Like you guys should change this." Blah blah blah. And so I I thought that it would be a good topic for us to kind of dis- discuss spoilers in a generalized I guess discussion. I, obviously I think we can probably agree that spoilers are bad but there are I, I, I don't know how I want to frame the conversation because I have so many ideas on this. Spoilers are a weird thing in the internet age specifically. And I think this goes back to some conversations that we've had on this show 
several times about instant gratification and people's entitlement on the internet and stuff like that. And somebody the other day who who I like very much tweeted this was actually maybe two or three weeks ago, but he had tweeted out something saying, since when is it okay to spoil Game of Thrones? Because I don't know if you've noticed this, but like all season with season eight of Game of Thrones, people were just constantly talking about it online. Like, and it would be like immediately right after the episode would end, like there would be all kinds of fucking tweets about that episode in general. And it's like, do you have no courtesy for the people who maybe had to work late and couldn't watch it or, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever the case may be. Like there's something weird about the internet and spoilers that really kind of like irks me a lot. And this Netflix thing is a, is a perfect example of that where it's like, you didn't have the foresight to have this autoplay trailer cut together to maybe not include the fucking twist for people who haven't seen the fucking movie. Because there are some people, I, I don't necessarily do this, but there are some people who I know personally who they go on Netflix, they can't figure out what they want to watch. So they sit down and like they let the little trailer play and they're like, oh yeah, maybe I'll check this out. You yeah, know I mean? do that. So what the fuck? Now, you just gave away the twist in the movie. So so I think it's, it's, it's a two different things here. So the thing about so my sister and I saw watching Power when it first came on and I wasn't able to finish. She mm-hmm. did. So I have a buddy that goes to high school with me, and I think people get off on doing this shit, like spoiling it. Mm-hmm. Now let's talk about this. So if you know, first of all, you don't have to get on Facebook. Oh yeah, I mean or that's Twitter. Fair. That's but like like it's not like how can I put this? You you don't have to get on yeah. at all. Period mm. ever. So if you know last week Jerome fucking fucked it up for you, then you should know on Sunday or until you get to watch it. Mm-hmm. Stay the fuck off of social media. Yeah. Don't watch anything because it's not like you could you could always since we all have we all have phones, we can easily scroll through the news that we need to see. You mm-hmm. know, if there's anything that so so people are assholes. That's basically mm-hmm. what I'm getting at. Yeah, yeah. People are assholes and the people who react to it, especially the ones who say, Well, you know, why'd you say anything? Well you, you make it seem like you have to get on social media. You mm-hmm. don't have to get on social media. No, yeah, you I don't. agree with you. Well you don't have to get on anything. You especially if you know that, you know, there's a billion people on Facebook, somebody's gonna say some shit. Yeah. Especially if you have 2,000 friends. Oh, yeah, Somebody's yeah. Somebody's going to say something. Mm-hmm. So, just like... Or fuck, even if you've got, like, 200 friends. Like, I don't even think I've got 300, right? And I can... I, I know for a fact that I could have scrolled through my Facebook at any time during this last run of Game of Thrones, and I could have seen people talking about it. And now, like, what I had done when I said... Like, when I posted Bram would be king, that was... Five days before the show even came out, mm-hmm. so that was a, just just an assumption. Mm-hmm. And I had said something right after something that happened. Oh, when she when Arya stabbed Night King. Mm-hmm. All right, I said something that alluded to. Oh, I said um, not death, not today, not today, death or whatever. Yeah, um, that could be anything. But people who directly just come out and just give it away, you're a fucking asshole. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you're a fucking asshole. But you still don't have to go on social media. And those people who know that they don't have to get on, then you're a fucking crybaby because <laughs> you didn't have to get on and you yeah. know what may happen. Mm-hmm. So until you get to watch it, I want to get on. If that's that, if it's that beneficial to you. Yeah. Or, 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 well, not a crybaby. What's the word? 
I can't use the other word because I would get in big trouble. But that word, that's what they really are. Mm-hmm. Like you have the assholes and you have the complainers. So just use them for that. Just just to complain, just to complain. But what Netflix did is different. I'm pretty sure somebody is going through these goddamn movies and putting them the trailers out yeah. for people. Mm-hmm. So you just didn't happen just to pick out, oh, I like this scene. I like this scene. You had to see the movie. Yeah, yeah. So that's just inconsiderate. Yeah. That's probably the best way to put it is inconsiderate. Because that would make me infuriated if I'm watching a trailer and, like, the second tr- scene is actually something I need to know. And I don't know this now. But when I'm watching it, I'm like, damn, they showed that second in the trailer. That That's really inconsiderate. Yeah. Man. How stupid are you? Yeah. And that's actually a problem I have with a lot of trailers in general. Like, I really, really love the two in-game trailers. Because they didn't give any fucking thing away. You had no all. clue. Like, they gave... Nothing away. But trailers today give so much away that, like, when you go in, I've basically seen the entire fucking movie. Mm. And I I have seen some trailers where, like, the twist is given away in the trailer. Like, maybe it's not meaningful. And part of the problem is is that the creators don't have a whole lot of control when it comes to the marketing of their movies. Very true. Which is super fucking unfortunate. Like, I mean, it's not fair to have someone who's, like... Let me cut together this movie from footage that you've shot. And, like, because of the way that production schedules line up where you have actors who only have a short amount of time and you have to get their scenes done and blah, blah, blah. So you have to chop up the way that, like, you shoot your movie. Maybe you shoot the first scene last and that's where the twist is, right? So when people are making these trailers, they they already have the ending. So they fucking chop it up to make it look good or whatever. And then they're like, here, digest this. And that's not fair, not only to the artist, but also to us as consumers of the art. Because that's going to make us not want to go back and see and invest any more time into movies. Yeah. One of the things that I realized is that if you put a trailer out, you're doing it because one of two things. You're trying to get people to recognize that this is coming. Mm -hmm. And then you're trying to get people to come. Yes. Because the more stuff you put in, and I don't know why... And I may be wrong about the thought process that they have, but I don't know why they would think the people who bring out the trailers. I want to see most of the movie because if you show me most of the movie now, I have no desire to see it in the movies. Yeah. Like if I know what's going to happen mm-hmm. or um, a lot of scary movies do that or a lot of comedies do that. They yeah. give you all the funny parts there. Um, and don't get me wrong. There's a lot of movies that aren't what you really think. Not saying they have major twists, but they aren't what you think from the trailers. Yeah. Um, and make them completely different kind of movies. Oh, like yeah. we were talking about Passengers. Mm-hmm. All right, that was a little bit different. Like if you had gone into there looking at that, you would not thought what happened happened per se. You probably were caught on as you kept watching the movie, but you wouldn't have thought, "Oh damn, I'm not gonna give this away because people still may want to watch this yeah. because nobody really watched it." So, um, I just think it's inconsiderate, and I think. I think it's inconsiderate like on Netflix part. I think as far as the productions, the production that brings out the trailers, I think that they underestimate us and how smart we are, mm-hmm. even though we act stupid. Yeah. We still, I think that's what it comes down to is let's dumb this down as much as possible for them. Yeah. So that they, just like the end game. As we talked about, I think on the first, the very first one we had done, mm-hmm. it just made me so mad 
that you kept bringing out trailers. Now, when you watch the movie, you realize they really didn't tell you anything yeah. other than the stuff that you probably already guessed or was told if you if you pay attention yeah. to um, uh, news articles and things like that. But you, there was things they took out. Mm-hmm. No, they they did a very good job, like you said, of keeping us like invested enough to know. Okay, so we know this is still there, but we don't know how. Yeah. Um. And and that. But when you're that big, and that's the thing. Like they didn't have to do anything. They, yeah. They didn't have to do anything at all. It they was, could have been like, "Hey, the sequel to Infinity War is coming out on this date. Go." And people would have gone. Because they, we, we had known nothing about it. We already know, had known about Infinity War. So, and granted, you still have to try to get those new people who were on the fence. Yeah, yeah. And for those people who just are psychotic and they just can't stop they, you know, obsessing over certain things. I need to know, I need to know, I need to know. So you're going to have those people. But, in, but people who spoil shit are fucking assholes. Yep. Plain and simple. So if you are listening to this and you suppose that you're a fucking asshole because you have no reason to do it other than just to mm-hmm. say you did it. And yeah. that's a fucking asshole. Yeah. You know, um, and it's not even the point of not even getting on social media. If you just happen to, I mean, whatever, say you just was going to say happy birthday to somebody, mm-hmm. you know, oh, I know such so, 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 so birthday was here and you scroll on and then you happen to see, oh, Tony Stark killed Batman. <laughs> You're like, what the yeah. fuck? Yeah. You know, yeah. you know, you, and, and, and granted it goes back to that stupid fucking free speech shit, which is not stupid, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, this is where, this is where you can't say anything. Mm-hmm. Like you can't say, don't say anything. Cause that really is free speech on something that really does not matter at all. It was not, obviously it's not. Yeah. Um, so, um, so that's the thing that gets me is that we we put so much emphasis on things that don't matter. Mm-hmm. No, don't get me wrong. I like to be entertained, and I I don't want to be spoiled on something because oh, yeah, that defeats sure. the purpose of me watching it. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter, and we get so up uproar about things that we just make it take over our lives and and that's why I don't like is when that happens but on the on the other end of the fence is that you still should be able to enjoy somebody messing up for you yeah that's just inconsiderate yeah because even if you look at it in something other than entertainment like if you were to do like if you were to cut somebody off driving without putting a blinker on you'd be pissed off oh yeah you know granted if you go out and start to try to fight them and shoot them for doing it that is kind of crazy but that also (laughs) goes to the point of these people who have these twitter wars with people over things that this conversation does not matter no matter what you say or no matter Mm -hmm. what you think tomorrow you still have to go to work you still have to pay your bills yep and the world is going to keep going you know, this just try not to be assholes to each other, and that goes back to the whole just be nice to people because that's mm-hmm. just being that's just just courtesy of being nice. Yeah. You have no reason at all to do it, and then it kind of strays off from the Netflix thing. I think that's just more of just being um, 
more than not inconsiderate. It's inconsiderate, yes, but it's also it being um, not what's the word when you just don't pay attention well enough to for it to for you to even gather what's happening. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's happening is that maybe they have so many movies they don't have enough people, and that goes back to well, I don't care. That's not my fault. But to understand what the issue is, then it goes back to the games we talked about a couple of weeks ago. If you're gonna put it out, put it out right. Yeah. Don't just put it out just because you need to put it out. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you pretty much summarized it really well. Uh, just don't don't spoil shit because that makes you an asshole. <laughs> Let's do some rapid fire and then let's get out of here. All right. All right. So Guillermo del Toro's Nightmare Alley is set to start shooting in September. I don't know anything about it other than it's his new movie. This would be the next movie he's came off of after doing The Shape of Water, right? Yeah. Which was good. Did you see it? It was all right. It, okay, I'll put it like this. Going into it, I had no clue it was going to be the way it was. Okay, yeah. yeah. Like it was mm-hmm. like... I it was it was good. Like I won't say it was best picture good. Yeah, that's that's where I get hung up. I think is it won best picture, and I'm like, it wasn't that good. Like I like Pan's Labyrinth better personally. I like the dialogue of this movie. Okay, yeah. Like it was. Yeah. Like I said, I didn't expect it to be the way it was. Like mm-hmm. it was. It kind of went off kilter a little bit. Yeah, like, yeah. Whoa. So Little Mermaid live action is set to begin production in 2020. Um, I don't really care. Uh, you were saying um, Jungle Book. Jungle Book was awesome. I thought yeah, that was really good. It was very good. Beauty and Beast, I can never watch that ever again. However, people really to realize that made over $500 million. Yeah, it was That crazy. was one of the biggest yeah. movies ever. Um, and for what it was, it wasn't bad. It did a very good uh, re- no, reenactment of, of that in live action. Then now you have Lion King. Well, actually, now you have Aladdin coming out. And then you have Lion King. You just have to have Little Mermaid. That, those were the staples of Disney restarting their self, their, their self with the exception of Jungle Book. And I think Jungle Book was the first one that had that type of, well, I won't say the first one, but basically you might as well redo all those movies that you came out with before Pixar took over, basically. Yeah. Because these were the staples of you. They, they, I mean, they brought you... Oscar nominations for songs. Hell, Beauty Beast got a Best Picture nomination. You know, then Lion King, Grammys, you know. So these these are, are movies that, you know, Aladdin, you know, people who didn't really realize who Robert Williams was, if you were too young to really know who he was, we would they end up finding out about him then. Um, I don't care. But I know a ton of people that do care. And I do want to see how well they do it. And the thing is, is that one thing about Disney that people don't realize is that they take shit from other people mm-hmm. and they make it their own. So you don't have to do Little Mermaid like you did the movie, like you did the cartoon. Yeah. You can make it like the real story is, which you don't want to do that. No. But, <laughs> but in general, you can still do it however you kind of want. But just do it right. Mm-hmm. Just do it right if you're going to do it. Yeah, agreed. Um, the Mortal Kombat movie, uh, the reboot or whatever, could begin shooting this year. Just talk about this shit too, like how yeah. that could be awesome. Um, I wonder how they're gonna do it. I'm never gonna base it off of a game. Yeah, me either. Or, or so remember we were talking the other week about uh, Final Fantasy and how the spirits within didn't really do well because people didn't recognize it as a game. Yeah. Well, maybe if it was like the way Final Fantasy is done, it's nothing that's really continuous. But because Mortal Kombat kind of is, you can make 
the fucking movie and based on have a game based on the movie, mm-hmm. you know, and you no, know, because it is a story to, yeah. the, to the game. Yeah. So I think that could be pretty good. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm super excited about it. Even though those movies are cheesy as hell, I enjoy them. Yeah. They're fun. Oh, I would never watch them again ever, <laughs> ever. It's not as bad as we said as as Street Fighter, but I never want to see any Mortal Kombat <laughs> ever. Um, um, yeah. So this is big right here. Yeah, Sony acquires the Manga Entertainment, which um, Manga Entertainment for people who don't know was basically the UK's. Uh, basically the uk's anime channel more or less and um so sony acquired them and now they're doing funimation uk i think is what they call yeah funimation will merge with the business yeah so uh that's super interesting making sony more or less i mean outside of there's like a handful of others but outside of that funimation is is one of the only ones that outputs uh, anime like that, especially in foreign countries, because Japan and U.S., from what I understand, are are like the biggest consumers of anime. And um, see, Sony had already purchased about ninety five percent of the stake in Funimation. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. two thousand seventeen, and I think this is really big for. Um, For anime, like I said, around the world, just because, I mean, you have what? It's Akira. It's um, yeah, yeah. There, there's a bunch of stuff that Warriors, they own. So either not Summer war, Wars. There's a ton of stuff on here. Um, for Metal Alchemist, you know, mm, yeah, they have almost everything you can think of when you think of of anime. Um, this is a big acquisition. So they're trying to probably counter Disney. By coming, going outside of America to try to get things, possibly. Yeah. Yeah. Because in general, we're probably the biggest consumer. But when you add everyone else up, they're bigger. Yeah. You know, so. Um, So this next one really is for me, honestly, uh, because I don't know if you watch it. But uh, we got the first look at Glow Season 3. And apparently part of it is going to, at least part of it is going to take place in Las Vegas. Um, that's super cool. Do you like Glow, or have you seen? I it? haven't seen it. I used to watch the actual wrestling. Oh, for real? Yeah. Okay. I remember Glow. That's fucking Glow. cool. <laughs> um, and I didn't like when the show first came on. Of course, it's on Netflix. I could watch it anytime. Mm. But it's one of those things. Like we like to watch shows together. Like yeah. I like to watch it with her because if I'm watching it by myself, then I feel I feel that she'll get pissy. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you're watching it without me. And so I don't really have a lot of free time without anybody here just to watch it. Yeah. So there's a few shows like that. And that's one of those shows. I don't think she had any any interest in it. But I feel like it was going to be a good show. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I may jump into that. How many episodes? It, ten episodes a season? Yeah, ten episodes a season. Um, I am... I haven't finished season two yet. I am two episodes away from having it finished. But it's really, really fucking good. Um, Mark Maron's in it, and yeah, I like Mark Maron like a lot. And Allison Brie is really fantastic. Like, I always knew her as Annie from Community, um, and really couldn't picture her as anything else. But and and she, she kind of plays a similar role in Glow. Like mm. she's still kind of like a goody two shoes sort of, but I don't know. I mean, I. 
I see her in a different light now, and I really fucking like Glow a lot. It's super, super good. So, um, next one we got is the Candyman reboot that uh, Jordan Peele is going to be at least having his hand in. I don't think he's writing it, directing it, but he's definitely producing it. Um, it's going to have Tony Todd in it, which is super fucking cool. Um, yeah, that motherfucker to be 65 this year. <laughs> 65 this year. He's old as hell, but I. I <sighs> There are certain things that I feel like you shouldn't have changed. Yeah. Like Freddie. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, I mean, the thing is with, with that in particular is Freddie, Jackie Earl Haley's Freddie was good. It was, he was good. It was good. That movie was bad, but he was good. Right. Um, but Paul, I, I didn't want that to happen. Like, if Robert England was done playing Freddy, let Freddy be done. Right. You know what I mean? It's not like Jason or Michael Myers where it's a guy in a fucking mask. You can just change whoever the fuck it is. All the time. Anytime you want. Right. Yeah. But because Freddy was Robert England, England and it was his face and it was his mannerisms and shit. So changing the actor was, to me, was almost out of question. They did it, and he was he was great. Like he was really fucking I think he, scary. Yeah, he's a creepy looking dude in the yeah. first place. <laughs> yeah. But you know, another thing to kind of piggyback over what you're saying, I think one thing that, other than the fact that they, he didn't have a mask on, mm. you made sequels. Yeah. With the same person. Yeah. Now you're rebooting it. It's different than if it was. I'm trying to think of something that would have been similar. They only had like one, or maybe even two movies, and you tried to reboot it. This is something that had like six. Fucking sequels. Yeah. You know, and then you're trying to reboot it. Um, Candyman, I I had gone to the movies to see Candyman. So yeah. this is like 94. Yeah, that sounds right. And totally disappointed. Oh, really? Totally disappointed with Candyman. Because I felt that they could have done the story so much better. Mm. Um, I feel like Virginia Madison was just uh, whining. <laughs> I feel like that was most of the, uh, the horror oh, girls in, in the 90s. Um, but I want to see if Jordan Peele has anything to do with this. I want to see. I'm interested. Yeah, for sure. I'm definitely interested. Do you watch the Twilight Zone? Mm-hmm. It's because it's a CBS uh, Plus thing, right? Or CBS All Access? Yeah, it's not I, on CBS. The very first episode they played on YouTube. Oh, okay. And that one was interesting. Okay. Yeah. Twilight Zone is one of those shows where sometimes it's not always about, like, you can't say good or bad. It's, damn, sometimes. Like, yeah. Oh, this shit mm-hmm. is fucking crazy. Um, what's the old boy that plays on Silicon Valley? The Indian guy. Is uh, Kumail Nanjiani. I think he's Pakistani, but, yeah. So he was in it, and Tracy Morgan is in it for a little bit. Mm. He's a very pivotal part of it. That's it. interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting <laughs> how they had it going. Um, it's an hour, too. Oh, yeah? yeah. Like a full-on hour? Um, I think after commercials. I think it ended up coming down to like 45 minutes. Oh, okay. Yeah, but on the show, it would have been an hour. Um, yeah, but I, I'm, I, even though I didn't like the Candyman's, um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not the biggest fan either. But he's iconic. He's iconic, and they could done. They could done the story very mm-hmm. well. Like yeah. it could be very creepy. Yeah, I agree. So uh, um, even though him being 65 right now, I don't know if he could still you know do it. But I would like to see 
what's going to happen here. Yeah, agreed. Um, so J.K. Rowling is writing more Harry Potter books, but they're not really Harry Potter books. <laughs> they're short, like stories that are uh, supplemental to the world. Uh, at this point, I'm fucking done with her, man. Like, I'm fucking, I'm so over J.K. Rowling. Like, just go away. Honestly, like at the, at this point, I I just want her to go away. Shut the fuck up. I don't care anymore. And, and she, honestly, at this point, she doesn't even have to fucking do anything else. The books still sell. You know what I mean? The movies play on TV all the time, and I'm sure that she's got some sort of like residual income coming from that stuff. She, the woman is worth like a billion fucking dollars, if not more. If not more. If not more. She needs to just go the fuck away. Like, I don't know if you've seen any of this stuff, but, like, she was saying stuff about how, um, oh, God, there was all kinds of stuff. Like, I don't know if you knew this, but, like, during the, uh, the, the lead up to, like, the crimes of Grindelwald or whatever, she was like, yeah, um, uh, I was about to say Gandalf and I knew that wasn't right. <laughs> Fucking Grindelwald and Dumbledore were, like, gay lovers or whatever. And yeah, it, it became a whole that. thing and it was like, uh, people made a meme out of it. It was like Grinderwald or whatever, which it was funny. But and but then she started saying other shit. And the thing is, is like I don't even care if Dumbledore's gay. That that shit doesn't play into the story at all. I don't give a fuck. So let him be gay. That's fine. But then there was other stuff that she started saying where she was like saying stuff like, "Well, I didn't say Hermione wasn't black." I'm like, "Bitch, yes, you did." There's a there's like a little like scripture or not scripture, but like. You can go back into the books and it says Hermione's white skin. I'm like, that bitch is fucking white. Like, period. Or, like, there was something that she said. The uh, This was, like, a couple months ago where she was like, yeah, um, it had to do with something with transgender and the bathroom thing. And she was like, well, they didn't even actually have bathrooms. They just took shits in the street and then they would, like, use their magic to, like, get it away. I was like, <laughs> are you fucking serious? <laughs> She's kind of gone full... I use this term lightly. Go see Tropic Thunder if you haven't. Oh, She's gone full retard. retard. Like, just straight up, I, <laughs> I'm i done with her. And I'm done with these fucking Harry Potter books. I'm done with Fantastic Beasts. I heard that, that wasn't even good. Like, Crimes of Grindelwald, from what I understand, I haven't seen it. But I heard it was not good at all. And it does a whole lot of stuff kind of the way that the prequels do for the Star Wars trilogy where they just retcon shit and it's worse because of it. And I'm like, I don't care. Like, I don't want to see this shit anymore. I want my seven books and my seven movies or eight movies and then I'm good. So I never got into it. So AJ, AJ had me watch the first one and I enjoyed the first one. I did enjoy the first one, especially I had to to look at it as a, if I was, because even when the first movie came out, I was in my twenties. Yeah. Cause it came out 2001. Yeah. So I was in my twenties. So I was kind of over. And then I felt that this was supposed to be something to contradict or contract Lord of the Rings. Mm -hmm. So I mean, Lord of the Rings came out too. Yeah. So I thought it was like, oh, you're making this so that. You know, those people, so, you know, you can have something other than the Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And I was a big Lord of the Rings fan. So I finally watched the movie, and this was probably about 
2019. Yeah. This is probably about six years ago. Damn, that's crazy. I can't see the first one. <laughs> that's crazy. So then I saw the second one, and I probably got about 30 minutes into it, and I enjoyed that because he was telling me, he said, man, they get darker and darker. Yeah. So... The third one and fourth one especially are super fucking dark. And they said those are probably the best ones. I think so. Well, I think the third movie is definitely the best one. I don't know about the fourth movie, though. I like the fourth movie a lot, and I do not like the fourth book. Hmm. Yeah. Well, my thing is that, um, so as a person that's not really a fan, and I'm not going to be a fan. Like, this magic shit is, I'm I'm not a big magic fan. Like, it's funny, because I like Lord of the Rings. and I mean, I like Lord of the Rings, yes. And I like Game of Thrones. And I think what really bugged me about Game of Thrones was the whole fact of them doing that whole spells and all the same stuff. Like, it just... Whatever to me. But for what it was, I enjoyed it. But I'm not going to watch it again. Mm-hmm. I do want to finish it just to see. But I'm, I'm not going to do it. But on her books, I think it's a really good idea because you only could go so far with your main character. Mm-hmm. Especially knowing yeah. what really happened to him. Yeah. And so I don't have a problem with them, especially with your main person writing it, going yeah. off and having some offshoots mm-hmm. it's different than star wars where you have these different people writing it and yeah, this is canon yeah. this is not canon no but she is worth a billion dollars a billion yeah um she's gonna be worth probably about a billion and a half at this point now once these come out because uh, you still have these people who are into harry potter yeah you know? like, like that's the thing that's the thing you know i don't like the hustle um i'm just not into it but i'm, I'm happy that they you don't have to hear about harry potter per se it's, mm-hmm. it's more of other stories yeah yeah um so in that as in that respect yeah i agree that's cool but like you said i've been over it so <laughs> you know you've been over it i've been over this yeah. shit so the next one is a superhero kindergarten has casted Arnold Schwarzenegger. Superhero kindergarten is that animated show that Stan Lee was having. Last up. thing, yeah. Um, that's cool. I like Arnold. Yeah, I like Arnold. So and um, and I like Stan Lee. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's all I really got to say about it, honestly. So. And to add on to that. The next thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, next one is Marvel Studios is considering tackling the Ultimates. This is something that you can you can talk about because I don't know shit about the Ultimates. So you remember the black dude from um, fuck is the name of that movie? Uh, Underworld, the big black lichen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He wrote that. He helped write that. Oh really? And. He wrote some other movies that kind of were garbage, but he made a character called Blue Marvel, this black guy. Okay. And he basically couldn't really be a superhero in the 60s because there was still racism and all this stuff. So he's part of it. Captain Marvel's part of it. The Ultimates that they're using, there's other Ultimates like uh, Anti-Man. But I... The thing about the Ultimates is that right now in the comics, they are heralds for Galactus. Okay. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. So that puts a whole different spin on it because they should be a little bit more powerful than they are. They're already stupid powerful. Yeah. Like, I play them on the game, that stupid game I play, Marvel Future Fight. They're, like, powerful. But, um, but yeah, I... Anything Marvel and anything that would make it all connect and just have this intergalactic war, that's what I'm hoping. Like, in yeah. the next 10 years, even 15 years, hold on, what year is it? In the next 11 years, at most, I want to have this war where it's 
planets find each other. Yeah. Like, just all out. Like, Star Wars-like, but, like, for real, for real. That's what I want to see. So, That'd anyway. Cool. Yeah. Well, uh, last thing I had was the Halo Reach PC beta will be coming out next week. Um, and that's a pretty big deal because Microsoft just started allowing, uh, what was it, the Master Chief Collection on Steam. So now Reach will presumably be going to Steam um, and allowing people to finally be playing Halo on PC. So that's oh, that's huge fucking news. That is huge. That is huge. And we were just talking about that the other week about how you know Microsoft just came out with, when they came out with Halo. They were trying to bank on that because of the popularity, and that's the only thing they really had. But you can see people are really anticipating this. Yeah, people fucking love Halo still. Like there, there's a huge community who, who still play the Master Chief Collection, even though that game came out in like 2014, I think. Um, and Halo Five came out the next year, it was 2015, I think. People still fucking play that. Reach. I don't know. Reach was 2010, I think. Uh, if it wasn't 2010, it was like 2011. It was somewhere around that time because I got the Halo Reach console um, to replace my broken-ass red-ringed Xbox. And, um, so that's the 14th, 2010. Yeah. So, and so that game came out in 2010. There are still motherfuckers playing it. Like uh, Kato's little brother, um, Dylan. He was playing it, uh, I don't know, like two or three days ago, and he was playing online with other people. So, I mean, people love these fucking games. You know what the highest selling one is? Uh, I'd probably say Halo 3. Very good. And then next? After that, uh, after that, maybe, maybe Reach. Damn, good. Good. <laughs> After that, it's it's a crapshoot to me. I don't I don't know which one it would be. Um, if you had to guess, two. Actually, two is fourth. Oh, okay. Four is third. Damn, really? Yeah, four beat it by like five hundred thousand copies. Oh, okay. Yeah, but yeah, pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. I, I knew I knew three was fucking big. A lot of people played three. That was actually I think the first. That was the first one I played multiplayer on. But I'd played them since the beginning on the original it. Xbox. So. Uh, but that's all I got for rapid fire. Do you got anything else that is newsworthy that we could run through real quick? Um, nothing that I can think of. I think I we talked about most of the stuff Jesus. that I had ran through during the week. Um, what else crazy happened? Oh, you see, Arthur got married. Arthur, the cartoon. That's still on. Yeah, I hate Arthur with a passion. Um, and it's not because he's gay. I just Arthur's gay. He got married to a guy. Oh, I didn't know that. And then Alabama decided not to play the cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course, it's fucking Alabama. Alabama. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ! It's a goddamn cartoon. Get the fuck over it. Oh my god. Um, Jesus, that's that's really fucking funny. But I do hate Arthur. Like I don't like I don't I don't like Arthur and I don't like Kalu. Uh, Caillou, Caillou, yeah, yeah, can't stand them. Yeah, can't fuck Caillou. Um, oh my god, dude! I used to really like Arthur when I was a kid growing up, but I didn't. I had no fucking clue that that was even still in the air because it's, it's Cause, PBS, right? Yeah, because yeah. you don't watch PBS. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. <laughs> um, but no, I think that was basically it. Um, oh. One thing we have not talked about, and this is kind of rapid fire, make this really fast. Have you been watching Jeopardy? Mm-mm. 
Damn, we missing Jeopardy now. Um, James. Oh, I saw that he he's uh, the longest running player on the show, right? No. Or, or the highest grossing or some shit I, like that? Well. Or not highest grossing, not yet. but. Not yet. So, he's he's broken the record for highest games. Like okay. three times in a row. Okay. Um, he is, his name is James Holtower. He's a gambler, a gambler, a professional gambler for Vegas. He has like $2.6 million in like 29 days. Jesus. Ken Jennings. Mm-hmm. It took him, well, in 29 days, he had 87000 No, 800000 Jesus, are you serious? And he was on for 74 day, day, days. So. Oh, my God. This guy is fucking people up by like, and I'm not exaggerating to you. Like the other night, I'm not exaggerating to you. It was he had like fifty seven thousand. The next person had like six thousand. Yeah. And the person under, under them had like two thousand. I'm exaggerating a little bit of numbers, but yeah. but I'm not exaggerating numbers. Like Jesus. it's literally that much. And so he will bet half his half his stuff. Yeah. You know, half his half his half his um um his money because they can't catch him, even if they double what they had. So he is just killing them. That's crazy. Um, so I am really happy to see this because I cannot stand Ken Jennings at all. Like, he really irritates me. <laughs> he irritates me. Um, so I'm glad to see this guy do this. Now, this guy has, like, a little kind of smug look on his face. Mm-hmm. But he's just whooping them. I love it. I just love it. <laughs> whooping them up. Because he does shit that I would do if I was on, because, all right, so if it's, all right, I think you know me. And you think, I think you know that I'll probably go for it most of the time. Yeah. So if I'm up, so if I have 25,000, second place has 9,000, third place, whatever. And then I know I only could bet 6999 before I could, you know, get caught. Well, when the people are close, well, when they do it, when they win by a dollar, like, fuck that, no. I'm not winning by a dollar. I'm going to do James Holler and beat you by your salary, basically. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. Whatever you made last year, I'm going to beat you by that. I'm not going to beat you by a dollar because my whole point of coming on here is not to beat you by a dollar. It's to win as much money as possible because yeah. I may not make it back. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for next sure. Game. Yeah. So, but no, I think that is really, really interesting. Um, if you never watched Jeopardy before, just watch how this dude just demolishes people. He has like a 97% correct right. Fuck. There was one time he had gone 40 for 40. That's insane. That's insane. That's that's legitimately fucking And crazy. so when people say, well, don't you go on Jeopardy? Because I don't want to be embarrassed like yeah. that. <laughs> like, no. You're not going to know him as the black guy that went on Jeopardy got his ass whooped. By some fucking white dude from Vegas. Not, not even white. Just some dude. By uh, some person. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Marcus made it on. He didn't make it to Final Jeopardy. <laughs> he had negative 4,000 or something. And the guy that beat him ended up having 78,000. Like, oh. So anyway. Oh, shit. That's um, crazy. But no, other than that, I think that's we had gone through most of the stuff. Um, oh, and just let you know, here's something that just came up. Bronze Tiger is who Ildris Elba is supposedly going to play in oh, Suicide shit. Okay. Squad. I don't know who that is. But Me either. It's damn. DC. can kill us. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, um, 
where we are to now. Uh, last last thing, pick of the week. Um, I'll go first if you want. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, so we mentioned it earlier, uh, but um, I'd like to recommend Glow to everybody. It's a really, really fantastic show. Um, I know a lot of people are turned off because it's wrestling, and I happen to love wrestling, so it was right up my alley. But the show isn't really about the wrestling at all. It's about the relationships that the characters have with everybody. Um, and Mark Maron's great in it. Allison Bree's great in it. And I don't know. It's a really good show, and I I highly recommend it. Yeah, like I said, I really wanted to watch it. Was, it was not one of those shows where I didn't want to watch it. Yeah. I just didn't watch it. But yeah. I definitely wanted to watch it. Well, since we're staying on Netflix, hey, watch... Um, now, I've talked about this too, Dead to Me. Um, Christina Applegate is... So a lot of people... I had, I had a discussion with somebody about cursing. Did we have this discussion already? And they were saying... You know, I wish that I didn't start cursing around my kids when I was young, like when they were younger, mm. because um, it makes them feel some type of way. Well, sometimes when I just don't like, a if I'm on my phone, I'm out. We're not having a Facebook argument, or I can't do that because mm. I have to delete a lot, and my hands, are, my fingers are big, so I'm not doing that. But what I wanted to say was, we made those words bad. Yeah, like we yeah. Made those words words, words aren't inherently bad. They're we give them meaning. We give them meaning. Now, there's certain words that are always going to be, I won't say always, but they're still bad. Yeah, yeah. There yeah. are definitely words that we still should not we say. We shouldn't say. And it's not yeah. particularly curse words, but just words we shouldn't say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and there's certain words. But what gets me is like when people say things like, and I'm kind of getting way off subject, but not really. When people say, well, if you curse, then you basically have a limited vocabulary. No, no, because if I did say what I was going to say, I would always be saying that same word. So mm-hmm. it's not about, I guess it is kind of about my vocabulary, but also yours. If you say Dodge Garnet all the time, something goes wrong, you fucking have a limited vocabulary. Yeah. Fuck you, you know? So. Also, fuck you, fuck. It has so much utility. Yeah, it's like, so much utility, but fuck. And shit, and yeah. damn. Like, I don't have to be angry to fucking curse. Yeah. Um, and. I don't have to be happy not to curse. Yeah. You know, because there's a lot of people who come and they, they could, you talk about vocabulary, they can literally ream you without even having to curse. Mm-hmm. Does it make it better? Fuck no, because they still fucking talk shit about you. Yeah. Fuck you, and you're fucking... Anyway, so Christina Applegate curses so well on this, and it sounds so believable. Like oh, She really? makes it so like a real uh, situation. And... The other chick that's in it, like, I know her. She plays, Linda Cardellini. Yeah, yeah, I like Linda Cardellini. I, I love her. Um, James Marsden is in it. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I didn't, I wasn't really paying attention. Uh, like I said, Kayla was watching it, and I was trying to do other stuff. But um, I saw him in it, and I was like, ah, I like him but you sometimes. Know, you know what really got me watching this? Other than the very first trailer. Because the very first trailer... But the trailer they show you yeah. is literally the very beginning of the show. Oh, really? Like, literally, the very oh, beginning. Oh, shit. Okay. So, they, they don't tell you anything um, other than you know that her husband is dead. Yeah. However, guess who are, get, other than Christina Applegate, guess who are the um, executive producers? I have no clue. Will Ferrell and Adam uh, McKay. That's weird. 
So I'm really hyped about that. Yeah. Because for one, Adam McKay, his last two movies. Vice movies, and um, uh, the big the short. The big short, yeah, were excellent. I, I haven't seen Vice, but I've seen the big short. And I heard Vice was really good. And then them together. Yeah. Hell, we had. Um, there were so Anchorman, many movies that they you know, did together, yeah. yeah. Step Brothers. Yeah. Know? So, um, really. Talladega Nights. Yeah. Yeah, oh fuck you! Yeah. I love that movie. <laughs> like I didn't like, I didn't dislike it. It was a good movie. Yeah, like it was a good funny movie. Yeah, like at a good point. Um, but no, so that really had had me really wanted to watch it because I really like them. Mm. And if they're doing sort of a drama and some comedy, yeah. Oh my, this might be hilarious. Um, but so far we're on episode three. Mm-hmm. You just won't believe, you just won't believe what's going on. But it's so like it's not. I mean, it's white people shit, but it's still like you know, yeah. rich white people shit. Not rich, but real off white people shit. But it's also real life. Like yeah, I'm still fucking cursing and saying fuck you and like. And so I like it. I yeah. like it. I like it. Yeah. So awesome. Um, oh yeah. And then well, well, listen to Igor. Listen Igor? to okay. Igor. I'm telling you. Tyler Creator really impressed me. Now he impressed me with Flower Boy. I thought that was a really good album, but this is completely different. Completely different. I'll check it out. The last thing I remember from him was um, uh, Yonkers. I think was the name of the album. He did Goblin. Goblin, I think, is actually the name of the album. Yonkers is the single that came from it. Okay. Yeah, I I like him in general. Now he said he does. It's kind of like weird, but you know. That's almost everybody. Yeah. But other than that, um, we have, don't forget to watch, what comes out this week? Godzilla? Godzilla. They got good reviews. Yeah. I dig it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to see that. I'm not going to see it because I still haven't seen the other two. Oh, well, fair enough. So I'm going to have to catch up on those before I see this one. Um, but yeah, just to let you guys know, you know, we have, well, we don't have, but Godzilla's in theaters, Aladdin had really good reviews, Rocket Man had really good reviews. Yeah. Um, John Wick 3, of course, is back in there, which they said was awesome, and Ma, which didn't have bad reviews. Yeah, yeah. I saw, I saw the TV spot for that earlier today, and I was like, that's interesting. I thought it was going to be whatever, but the reviews of it were pretty good, mm. so... And also, don't forget to go see Avengers Endgame still, because we need to beat Avatar. Got to. Oh, I just saw that it passed uh, Avatar at the domestic box office, but it yeah, still hasn't been worldwide. Yeah, yeah it's so. not going to touch Force Awakens. It's not, not going to come close. I thought Avatar was still worldwide. Well, as far as us, for U.S., Force Awakens is... Oh, for real? Oh, oh yeah, Force Awakens had like $960 million. That's fucking nuts. So... Um, Robert Patterson became Batman. I forgot to talk about that. That actually got confirmed. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah. So, till next week, huh? Yeah, yeah, let's get out of here. Do you got anything you want to plug real quick? Um, I'll run through my shit. Facebook, or, uh, YouTube, Culture Bop, check it out. Got videos coming. Uh, check out the Twitter, at the underscore bebop man and at culture underscore bop 
Those are my two things. I don't really do anything on anything. So even if you see me on Twitter or anything, <laughs> I mean, I post some pictures here and there. But we are just waiting for um, the time before we can get a video. Yeah. And then we can really, I can get my stuff started. Yeah, je- definitely check out Josh's stuff. He has a few things that he's put up before we start doing this. And um, it really had me inspired to jump on with you. So yeah. really appreciate that. And... Also, we're going to have um, we're going to have some standalone podcasts coming soon. We still don't have uh, time frames set up on when we're going to record them, but they are coming for sure. So, and we really are anticipating that. I think you guys would enjoy those just as well as we would. So, yeah. But all right, well, um, that's it. I don't. Know, I really don't know how to end these things. I'm bad at it. We're out. We yeah. Bye bye. <laughs>